0: Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for some laughs, are you? Still waiting for the bestiality videos to get their own category at the Adult Video Awards. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here, a fucking comedian? Can you?
1: All right, here we go again. It is Anything Goes for the week of November 28th, 2012. This is Dave Martin, and uh, I'm in the studio with Darren Frost and Christina Walkinshaw. We're coming to you like we do every single... Did I fuck that? I think you
2: yeah. call me Christina.
1: Christina? Yeah, well, that yeah. might that's sometimes. After you've right. been no. <laughs> sometimes. I totally
2: showered today, and that's not fair. After no. you've
1: been left on the floor for a couple days, we yeah. get it. <laughs> it might get be a Christina. Yeah, but, uh, Christina. We're coming to you like we do every single week here from the XM Studios in downtown Toronto. And uh, what a... A crazy week it's been. Uh, yes, Toronto. Uh, you're listening to us on Wednesday, but this is the Monday that we record. And we, Toronto is uh, mayorless. We lost our mayor today.
3: Yep, he was uh, asked to leave due to uh, conflict of interest. Oh no, it was a charity. What, what was the actual reason?
1: Oh, um, I know it was raising he was
3: money for money a charity, money for his like high school football team, right? right.
2: He was but,
1: giving, giving money to the football team that he coached. So that and, was a
3: conflict of interest, is the reason that he was has to, he had to step down.
1: And it was something like th- uh, th- three thousand dollars. Yeah, it was like thirty-one yeah. hundred bucks. Yeah, and it just seems like he lost his job for that amount of money.
3: God, the guy spends more on butter in a week than that. Whoa, yeah. you knew that was coming. Another gravy joke. I got yeah. tired of them. Don't worry, Toronto. I'm the mayor
2: of a lot of buyers here in Toronto on Foursquare. Yeah. I'm, Foursquare. I'm, yeah, a, I'm you a are. mayor in you are so a many mayor. ways.
3: Don't even worry about it, yeah. Toronto. We're going to be fine. And if you're a mayor of too policy, many, Santa. guess what? You become Christina. Yeah. Christina. That's right. <laughs> Mayor of that yeah. land. Yes. I'm uh, it mayor. was a crazy week. Uh, this weekend in Toronto, we had our um, our NFL equivalent, the CFL's, um, well, it was the Gray Cup, which of course is like the Super Bowl for Canada for football. And during the halftime show, uh, world famous, one of the biggest musicians in the world, Justin Bieber did the halftime show, which is quite the score for our uh, football team and league, and uh, did a performance. And it was reported that there were as many people who booed him. And we're uh, not appreciative of the Justin Bieber style of music.
1: Well, you know, this goes back to my old argument of like, you got to know your audience. And the people that are watching the CFL are That's probably true. classic rock fans. and right. They probably much would have preferred even like a shitty Lover Boy coming out or uh, you know, Kim Mitchell That's or April Wine or, right. or It goes uh,
2: back to your argument that you made about going to the strip club clubs yes. too. Like you have to know your audience. Why would you play Kesha when you know it's like an old man
3: in the crowd wants stuff? As CFL fans probably want to hear that. The CFL is trying to attract viewers, right? I know. And with didn't no work. Hockey, I went to the movies yesterday. I know, but, <laughs> but, fuck that. But in terms of with you know hockey not being on, here's a very big moment for them to grab some attention. Justin Bieber That's is true. one of the biggest kind of iconic people right now, and that is a huge score for. Them and families do watch a CFL, and you know, maybe the kids will like that music. And it's not okay, mom and dad will have to go, Oh, god, this is, this is terrible, but you know, it is going to draw people in to watch it. First of well, all, Justin Bieber is not terrible, Darren. He's I don't very think talented, you don't. Know, I despise the marketing of his music and how it's forced down my throat, it's but not, I think not, not originally, it it is, originally, is, he just it put is, it, is. it all up on YouTube and yeah, like he created his own thing, okay? But all it was never is, forced down your throat, it was, at any time. it was, it was, it's all over the place, it's annoying, but I don't blame him for that. It's just a product of marketing of music. And I don't have a problem with him playing the halftime show. Even if I was there, I'd be like, okay, whatever. You know, it's just a halftime show. Do you think people, when Janet Jackson did the halftime show at fucking the Super Bowl, they were all Janet Jackson fans? I was, definitely. No. Oh. Yeah, you are. But the majority of the NFL fans are not going to be like, yeah, play something from the velvet rope. They won't even know what that fucking is.
1: I'm surprised I, you do. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, but I'm it's
3: multifaceted, like, Dave.
1: Well, uh, or you just know what you're supposed to hate. So, right. uh, fair I, enough. But it's like when, uh, when Madonna. Played the uh, the Super Bowl. Right. There weren't a lot of Madonna fans there, and I get it. I know that they're trying to attract new fans, and uh, I had no I had no issue with uh, Justin Bieber there. But you do have to okay. Uh, you know you referenced the Grey Cup being our Super Bowl. but sure. The Grey Cup's been around for a hundred years. Yes. And the Super Bowl's only been around since the late '60s, as far as I right. know. So uh, we have a, we have a much longer football tradition. Yeah, but in it's this not country. as big.
3: Come on. It doesn't matter how long it's been around. The Super Bowl is one of the most iconic moments in television and sports. It all converges into this big day, right? So it's much bigger. It Doesn't matter who's been around longer. It's a considerably bigger event. Well, it's a just bigger... like
2: The American Idol. Finale. Well, <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: right well, The American Idol.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, but I mean, it, there's no way that it could ever be just for population reasons, too. It's just the millions of people that watch. No, the Of course, NFL. Yeah, of course. Yeah. No, I
3: understand that. But you know, getting Justin Bieber, I thought was a big score. Now him meeting That's the the Prime Minister in overalls was definitely uh, controversial. Do Some you disapprove of that? that? Do you think he well, should? Dressed up for it? You know, I, I, it's not my theory. I listened to a little bit of morning radio on the way in today, and, and some people were talking about how, you know, he changes costumes 19 times in a show. Can they not just take him aside? Because his, his argument is I was, you know, performing, getting ready for this show. I just kind of came over, did this thing. That's why I wore the overalls. But I don't know to I me. Mean. It's like put a fucking suit jacket on.
1: Yeah. Well, you wore a tuxedo to meet Barack Obama. Did he? Well, yeah. then there you go. And uh, I don't get, You know what? It's, You can't tell me that you couldn't find 10 minutes yeah. to walk into a men's room and put a collared shirt on. Is
2: this a bad time to say I've actually. I've been craving
3: overalls for like the last six well, months. I well, want to go out and get some. If you're going to meet the I Prime Minister... I used to have Minister, the cutest
2: overalls a long time ago
3: and I don't have any anymore. If you're going to meet the I Prime Minister, it. don't go dress like you're meeting Red Green. That's yeah, all I'm saying. Exactly. That's it.
1: So um, next time you do, don't start putting your, pre- Your uh, what I said... <laughs> I meant to say overalls, but I said, don't put your pretzels on. So I don't know what I'm craving. You, know <laughs> you, you, know you know what I'm craving. Yeah. Uh, but Launchy uh...
3: pussy, that's what you're craving with the crustina and the fucking, you're putting your pretzel on. I don't know what's going on. Uh, where'd, you, where'd you get that from? No. I don't know. Seriously? <laughs> where'd you know. get that from? How do you, get
2: from? How do you get from overalls to pretzels to crusty vagina? I don't know. I don't even know. Okay. What, I do here.
1: Well, well, what is going time, on here? Next time yeah, you say something, know where it comes from. Please, for all of
3: us. Well, it was a crazy weekend for me. I was in London, Ontario. We will talk about this now, I guess. I need to
2: hear about this. I need to hear about because I saw uh, tweets. I saw yeah. your Facebook, and yeah. we already know about your history.
3: London is a town in London. Four and a half years ago, I was assaulted. I had an argument with the uh, managers or the owners. Since that, and I, I said I would never go back to that club while that owner owned it. Uh, it changed ownership, so I signed up to do the club again. And I was doing a show. It was Friday late show. We all know how shitty that show can be. Yeah. bunch of drunks, tired people, and it was going fine. It wasn't like amazing. It wasn't like rock star or something. But I was doing well. And there was a guy in the front row who did not laugh once at all, the whole show, not once. And you recognize that, you know that, you see the person, and you know who's laughing who's not. And so there's a moment in the show where I talk about I have bad luck, and I reference in the last five years, uh, you know, a lot of shitty things have happened. I've fought cancer, diabetes, two of my children have had open heart surgery, and now something else has happened. That's all I said about cancer. And I did a couple more jokes. About a minute and a half later, in a bit of a low moment, the guy in the front row who had not laughed once went, what kind of cancer did you have?
1: Well, did he did he say it like that? Yeah. Like, he goes, what
3: kind of cancer did you have? He wasn't like oh, "fuck you," but he was like he wasn't like "oh, sorry, hey, what kind of like?" Here's the thing: if he was laughing all the way through the show and asked that, then he generally wants to know because it's like "oh my god, I feel sorry for you. You had cancer. I would have answered it." But because he sat there and he kind of stewed the whole show and he was kind of giving me the vibe of well, "I'm not digging this," and then to bring that up in a moment, well past the cancer, to kind of bring it back to that, that's a douchebag move. Well, maybe I don't maybe, care.
1: maybe he was just waiting for a lull for so he could ask his question and maybe. Did did he come up to you after the show? No, no,
3: because what happened is, see, I love that you brought that up, because I'm like, okay, so, you know, there's some things back and forth. You know, I made fun of him a little bit. You know, the crowd was on my side. And uh, he then said... Uh, after I told the story, because he wanted to know about the cancer, I told this awkward story about how me having cancer and what happened and how I found out. Of course, no laughs, so I turned to him and said, yeah, see, this isn't funny, because this is real shit. This is why we don't talk about this kind of thing on stage unless we want to, you know? And he's like, well, you know, I just, I didn't appreciate that you brought it up, so there, there we go. He didn't appreciate it, so I knew he was being a motherfucker. I knew he was being an asshole bringing it up because he didn't appreciate it. He didn't care. He didn't want to know. He didn't appreciate it. He wanted me to fucking fuck up the show.
1: Okay, what kind of cancer did you? Uh, survive? It was skin cancer.
3: You know, it wasn't. It's not a horrible thing. You know, I had a surgery. My arms all fucked up from it. You know, it's not a happy thing. It's not a horrible thing either. I'm, you know, survived it. But it's like, you know, he wanted to take the fucking crowd and say, hey, fuck this. This isn't funny. Even though everyone else is enjoying it, my rights feel abused and I'm going to do something about it. You know, I did the standard jokes. What do you go to the, you know, the opera, not like a joke and go, hey, fatty, tell me about your cholesterol. I did all those jokes and, you know, the the hacky type things to kind of get it back on board. But, you know, it's like the problem with it. And this is, you know, I don't want to get too much into this is that I don't talk about it for various reasons. Because it's like, then it becomes almost like a charity thing. Because after that moment, the crowd was laughing at anything and everything. It's like, I could have, you know, said, I'm raping Gandhi's corpse, and they would have laughed because they'd already felt like, oh, this man hurt the guy who had cancer. And then even after the show, you know, people were coming up to me and holding my hand. And one woman's like, I have skin cancer too, you know, and another woman's like, that was so moving and funny. And that was amazing. I'm like, did, did yeah. it affect
1: your DVD sales? Uh, no. Positively? No. No. <laughs> oh? No. Because <laughs> I was there with another comic who also talks about surviving cancer. And uh, and it was his birthday at the end of the show. And we brought a cake up to him on stage. Right. And then uh, he sold a shitload of CDs. Good. And then he asked... We asked... Uh, Yes. Uh, do, do you think uh, it made a mm-hmm. difference that uh, you brought a birthday cake up to me? And I was like, fucking of course it did. Of course. Yeah. You, should, it sh- you should make every show your birthday if it's going <laughs> to. Well, <laughs> but... that's,
3: you know, that's the thing. I want this guy to come to every show and just yell cancer at me three minutes in. You know what I mean? That way I'll kill for 47 minutes and think of all the charity pussy I can get, right? Think about that. That'd be amazing. You know, that's all I'm about. You know that about me. If you know anything about me, I'm all about fucking on the road. That's it. No, you're lying. not. You're no, a, I'm not.
1: You're a, mis- you're a miserably married man.
3: Exactly. Right. So, uh, Okay, we do have to go to a break. Now he uh, had all that sad, wah, 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 cancer, I wanted to cancer, defend cancer. that heckler
1: more. I wanted to defend that uh, heckler more. Yeah, of course, he did. Of course he did. Um, well, are you did. Why don't you just say, uh, I uh, survived skin cancer in your act? Because
3: I knew what he was doing, Dave. No, no, no,
1: no, but just from now on, so that doesn't happen again. Because
3: it doesn't happen again. Because that guy was a douchebag. It doesn't happen again. It happened once because he was a douchebag. That's it. Right. He was a douchebag, and I knew he was being a douchebag because I've done this enough. And I'm not letting a guy be a douchebag on a show without fucking throwing it back in his face.
1: Well, but don't you, why not for like future uh, sets? Just say that I survive. Well, but why do I have to? If I you don't, know, want you to don't have to, yeah. if, especially if you don't want to. But no. I'm just saying that the, uh, that would eliminate that chance of that happening.
3: Yeah, but you know what? If he wants to be a douchebag and do it again, then I'm going to do it again. No, I'm just talking about future douchebags. I know that, but that's what I'm saying. If someone wants to be a douchebag and do it again, I'm ready for it. Oh, okay, all right. You're you know, a
2: lot of talk about douchebags tonight. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm
1: why sorry. is douchebag an insult? Douchebag. It just is. <laughs> How's <laughs> it a good thing? It doesn't sound good. No, How but. How many- yeah, Douchebags douche live bag. in London.
2: What yeah, a I'm a douchebag. I'm
1: not even sure what a douchebag is.
2: I think it's... A, a bag yeah. of
1: douche, isn't it? <laughs> Why what is-, is everybody
3: looking at me? I don't know. <laughs> I don't douche. I don't either. Well, then, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know either. Okay. A douchebag. We know it's not a nice thing. We'll find out. We'll go to a break, and when we come back, we'll find out what the word is. Citizen, you Yeah, we're We're going to... your definition Uh, of douchebag. That's right. This week uh, on the show, we have two guests uh, coming up after the break. We're going to be interviewing comedian Pat Thornton, so stick around. And after that, we have uh, comedian Al Ray as well. It's a packed show, so stick around. This is Anything Goes.
0: Putting the word rap in rape. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin.
4: Hey there, this is Graham Chittenden, and you are listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin on Sirius XM Radio's Laugh Attack, which means you're probably on your three-month free trial with your new car. Enjoy it while it lasts.
0: percent more brand to keep you regular from the bomb this is anything goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin
1: all right we are uh, back from the break this is anything goes for the week of November 28th 2012 we are coming to you from the uh, XM studios in Toronto and uh, in the studio we have uh, Darren Frost as always and Christina Walkinshaw as always and our guest this week is the very funny Mr. Pat Thornton
2: yeah welcome, Pat hello Pat
1: Did you watch? Like did you watch the Grey Cup this weekend, Pat? I watched a little bit of the Grey Cup this weekend. What did you? What uh, part did you? Uh, what
3: well, part of, of Justin Bieber's did you boo? Did you boo, did you boo Justin Bieber? <laughs> I didn't
5: boo Justin okay. Bieber.
1: Yeah. Did it, you? Gordon Lightfoot no. kind of looks like the Crip Keeper, and I mean that in the nicest <laughs> possible way. Right. I but,
5: saw Gordon Lightfoot get in a real fight with somebody in the Fido store one time. Shit! In the Fido. Just, just yelling at somebody behind the counter of the. Fido did Fido he scream store out, "I'm Gordon awesome Lightfoot"? Boy. Oh. <laughs> no, he didn't. He didn't. But he was pretty mad about his bill.
3: Oh, yeah, even well, Gordon yeah. Lightfoot gets fucked on sale bills. I know. The Canadian icon. What the fuck is that all about? I
1: don't, I
3: don't think I'm gonna see Anne Murray down at the fucking Telestore. <laughs> if I don't get this reduced, I'm singing Songbird 15 times in a row. I think.
1: Well, yeah, people might sort of have issue with that. that you know, song, version 11 of right her Songbird. So what? Uh, uh, what? So what part did you catch? You caught the.
5: We well, just got a little bit of the football.
1: Yeah, and um,
5: I, uh, mm. I think I just missed Carly Wright Jepson. Oh. oh,
2: this picture of her in her. the paper today. Sorry, not that you guys at home listening to the radio can see the picture. <laughs> I'm looking at, so I want to bring it up. Tell us about oh, it. Oh, look at this picture. It looks so wrinkly. I think they got a really bad shot of her. She's a nice, pretty girl, but that right, oh, yeah, Sean yeah. makes her look like she's Sash Jordan.
3: Like it yeah. looks really old. <laughs> wow, it doesn't look right. Well, right, we better unbook Sass Jordan from next week's uh, show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That was our next week's show. Way to go. Oopsie. <laughs> yeah. Are you like Carly Rae Jepsen's mom? Or...
4: <laughs>
3: that opening was going to be my first question.
2: I didn't.
1: I, I don't know who Johnny Reed is. Do you know who Johnny yeah, Reed yeah. is? Yeah. Okay. Of
3: course, he's been
2: nominated for lots of Junos. He's great. Jeez, Dave. Okay. Come I, on, Dave. He's I thought, huge. I
1: thought, that was like just, I thought that was Mike Reno from Loverboy with a lot of bee stings. And his, whole, <laughs> and his whole face blew up. I did not know who the fuck that was.
3: Okay. The drummer from Loverboy was going to come on the show in a couple months, but not now. <laughs> but he's the
1: lead singer of Loverboy. I know.
3: Is but you make fun of one, you make fun of the group. Oh, that's do what you? happens. Yeah, okay. that's how it happens. Is, is it like just you're... not with this show, Dave. When someone makes fun of you, I just laugh along. Oh okay. man, All we right.
2: keep being this mean. We're not going to have any guests that's next right. week.
1: <laughs> I'm scared of your show. Well, one of the, one of the reasons uh, we wanted to get uh, Pat to uh, come in the studio is to uh, sort of give. Uh, you got a lot of press and a lot of attention for something that you've been doing for the last three years. It's the uh, 24 hours of Stand-Up, mm-hmm. where you raise money for the Stephen Lewis Foundation, which fights AIDS in Africa. Sure. Correct. And um, this year you did it again. You uh, you beat your goal of uh, twenty four thousand dollars.
5: Yeah, we were trying to raise a thousand dollars for every hour that I was on stage, but we we did a little better than that. We raised about twenty five. That, that was, was awesome. Cool. Now, when uh, you
3: started, what was the goal the first year that you did it?
5: Uh, we had no idea what we oh, okay, were right. what we were doing. So I um like you can they have their own like donation page. It's part of their like Dare to Remember campaign right. where people like take on a dare and do something crazy so um, uh, so I set the goal initially at like a thousand dollars the first year and right. then when we cleared it I set it I moved it up to three thousand and we made about six thousand the first year wow yeah, and then about twelve thousand the second year, about fourteen the third, and then this year twenty-five. Oh, oh so that's four, awesome! So four yeah. years in a row you've been doing. Four it. years. Oh, yeah, so. My uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. my my assistant gave me the wrong information when, I, when we started. <laughs> off now, this for, for
3: you, no for, for you, where does it start to get wonky? Because most people think that you know, you're probably good for about eight hours, you know, because that's like a normal work day for someone. But when does it start to get wonky for you?
5: Uh, a little a little further in than that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because I'm I'm just talking all the time, right? That uh that your brain stays alive. <laughs> I think that uh, uh, but it's like in the morning hours, generally, like the like, like eight to noon
3: right because you start at eight o'clock at night just so everyone knows yeah, so yeah, yeah so yeah, eight yeah. to noon at like 12 to like 16 hour mark
5: yeah 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 that's right. when it uh that's when it gets real weird and then uh and then going into my last break I took a break at 20 hours I would get off stage to just go to the bathroom sure a few times and uh I took a break at 20 hours and I just Wanted to die during that one, right? Do you ever
2: get worried that you're going to the bathroom too much and the crowd's gonna judge you? Because <laughs> I feel the, how small my bladder yeah. is. I feel like, oh my god, the crowd's gonna know how much I go pee. I'd be so scared. Well,
1: I would just I would have gone just behind behind the backdrop with like a, <laughs> right, like with like a two liter jug of like Coca Cola or something like that. <laughs> peed into that. Still do some jokes while you're peeing. And then come back out. And then
3: but, sell that for charity afterwards, yeah. like a T-shirt, like a bottle yeah. of piss. Yeah. Free and then, urine. Free urine. And you can That's fr- 24 hours.
1: What, what if someone, and uh, anyway, I'll still say it, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what if you said that someone has to do something crazy to get donations? Now, what if the one thing that someone wanted to do as a crazy thing was uh, to get AIDS in Africa? And then just <laughs> hang out there, uh, and then see how well this Stephen Lewis Foundation actually uh, works out in the long run. <laughs> like, hey, That'd I still wild. got, I still got AIDS. I'm still in Africa. Come on, Stephen Lewis, do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is because uh, if you, you can watch the whole thing o- online, still yeah. is it still up? I don't know if it. No, it's not still up. It's not still up. No, oh, okay, no. okay. It, it live streams. Yeah,
5: right. Uh, now,
3: do you feel? Do you keep a copy of all twenty four hours? Like you know, is there like a hard no, drive?
5: Uh, no, the um uh, the last few years we ran it on on UStream and they just they just automatically archive it. Right. Okay. Uh, and they didn't end up archiving all of it, but the last couple of years you could just still watch like eight hours of it if you Jesus. want to right. um and uh this year we did it with daily motion and I actually don't know if it still exists anywhere
1: oh, okay <laughs> but you never thought of like uh, selling like the 24-hour DVD package of it or anything like that uh no okay no I, I
5: think it wouldn't be as much fun yeah. again well it's, I...
1: it's very surreal and, and I'll just because it's like uh if, if you've I've, I've, I've gone a couple yeah, of times yeah. and you go and like, I know Darren, I this year, Darren yeah. and James Cunningham went and they donated and I donated at the door when I yeah. went. And, uh, but, uh, now how long does this show actually consist of you doing your act as a stand-up comic?
5: Okay. Well, in, in, um, in other years I've, I've tried to do like a, like a whole hour or something, but, uh. But, yeah, yeah, just to give it a context for people, I call it a a stand-up set, and it just really isn't that anymore. Um, we have like uh, writers in the room writing jokes for me and and uh, and it's so much fun for them that I don't want to go on too long with my stuff because as soon as they start writing, they want to start hearing their jokes. Yeah, yeah I mean,
3: I was oh, there. It was super
2: fun. I went, yeah, I went last year towards yeah. the end of your day, yeah. every year, 24 hours. And yeah, we all get to write things and like, you know, toss them up to you. It's really fun. It's fun for the whole crowd. Because it
1: eventually yeah. turns into you standing in like a mountain of like uh, post-it notes. Yeah, yeah. With yeah, jokes written true.
2: And that's such a cool, yeah.
1: And when I know when Darren went to go and see it and we talked the next day, I almost referred to it as like a really hilarious like Twitter live
5: it is. It's, yeah. it's it's like Twitter Live. It's yeah. all it's all inside jokes that all like build on each other. It's all like it's twenty four hours of callbacks, you know? Like yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. but it's just like short little bursts. It uh Yeah, yeah. So I do about thirty five minutes. Of my own stuff, and then and then start reading stuff. Right, but, right. I mean, is
3: there ever a point where that bowl's getting empty? You know, and you're like, oh my god, uh, other, I'm gonna
5: have to. Other years, it's gotten really scary. This year, I think I walked away with that bowl having about five hours worth of jokes in it. Right. It just never dipped this year. We we just had right. a lot of right.
3: And you know, just name drop some of the guys that were there that were doing that for you. Do you remember any uh, of them?
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a we had a lot of uh, a lot of my buds from the uh, from the Skechertons that stayed right a, a long time. Like. Uh, John Blair and Andy Hull and uh, and Sarah Hillier and Alex Tyndall and
1: I um, Fraser Young was in the audience.
5: Yeah, Fraser Young. There was, uh, but there was a lot of, just a lot of, of comics. Dave Hempstead came for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Jason Belleville, uh, Rebecca Kohler. man, everybody. Yeah. And the <laughs> thing is, yeah. it's for
1: charity, so no one's ever gonna be like, what the fuck, this isn't. Like stand up or anything. Like yeah, no one's yeah, gonna yeah, be like yeah, an yeah, asshole yeah, yeah, about no, it. Yeah, yeah. No. no.
5: But everybody asked me if, uh, if like, I'm gonna like shoot for a, um, a like a Guinness World Record for stand up, and I'm like, yeah, but it's not stand up. Right. Just, it's just totally cheating. I'm not gonna do it. Yeah. <laughs>
3: well, actually, I think I think Dane Cook heard about you doing this. And he's gonna do 48 hours tomorrow at the last. <laughs> <hour>. <laughs> I think that's
1: what he's gonna do. The uh, and but but have you ever thought like
3: of collecting any of those bits? Because there's some like. But uh, how can co- you use it in context though? Because I was there, and some of it was yeah. very funny, but it's, some of it was very much the moment, and you right. have to be there in yeah. the room or watching it to get some of the callbacks. Yeah, so. I, what
5: I always say to people is that like, when you walk into the room, you will not know what's happening, right?
1: And then it'll get funnier and funnier,
5: right? Because I didn't know who Uncle Ron
3: was, yeah, right? And I then mean, of course, after ten or fifteen minutes, I'm like, okay, I figured out who Uncle yeah, yeah. Ron is. <laughs> right?
1: or, or you, or you had like. uh and instead of saying, uh, like, dad, it was, but almost like when you call it Twitter Live, it's like a hashtag cool dad. Yeah, yeah, Or stupid yeah. dad. Yeah. And then you'd have, like, uh, uh, what would be one of the uh, things that stupid dad would say? It's like, uh, hey, do you think I can go out with your mom? Stupid dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, but if you collected, like, 45 of those, you'd almost, you'd have a sitcom yeah. there of, like, the you stupid You could be Canadian dad.
3: Jeff Foxworthy. Yeah. <laughs> you might be a redneck. You might
1: be a stupid dad. Yeah. Right. Yeah where did I get this accent in Canada from? But uh, it's just—I just, uh, I, I just thought—I thought it was a, a, a very funny experience to, to watch it, and also to think that, like, what point do you ever get delirious or anything like that? Yeah,
5: yeah. Oh, I, it gets real weird. It gets real weird by the end, and yeah. I'm—and uh, I just—I laugh so much at everything that's happening because my brain's not working anymore, and I just—I'm uh, just reading things and they get dumber and dumber, and it's—it's it's the greatest party for me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it.
2: Go ahead. Okay, um, I want to ask you a question. It's it's slightly off track of this, but I need to know. I think a lot of people want to know. At what point in your life, did you know you were in love with Mario Lopez? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, wait, that, does this was Mario Lopez a a, a reference? Point and of,
2: did he donate to your <laughs> Pat's Twenty Four Hours? He did not. you guys don't know? Okay, if you guys don't know, Pat, the, Pat is Pat. You have a connection with Mario Lopez. You yeah. always retweet him. You love Mario Lopez. Yeah. I got. I got to know what's the what's your <laughs> what's your fascination with Mario Lopez? And uh, did he donate
5: to your charity? No, he did not donate. That would have been. I, wh- he should reach
2: I out to you. I kept tweeting
5: at him to to at least retweet the the donation yeah. page or whatever, and he just got no action on that. <laughs> even though even though <laughs> well, you're not actually, doing
3: enough. you <laughs> AIDS in America is not big enough for Mario Lopez. Mario Come Lopez on. looks like a huge AIDS.
5: He loves it. Yeah, yeah. I retweet Mario Lopez all the time because, um, I think because... He you don't even know, do you? He couldn't be more boring on Twitter. Yeah. Right, right. And he's just sort of an example of somebody, uh, like, could, I could have picked somebody else, but he's sort of a wonderful example of, of like... Why of bother? Just, of, yeah, of somebody who, like, millions of people love for... Reasons I can't see. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he like he has nothing to say, and everybody just tweets back at him, keep it up, man, you're the best. And you're like, <laughs> what? what? He's just, what?
1: The, one of the things I wanted to add, one of the, uh, didn't one year you kept on referencing, uh, what, uh, Kevin Sorbo?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. he eventually showed up and he
1: did uh Sunday Night Live.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. That was the the one of the most surreal things that has ever happened in my life for sure. Was one of our one of my 24 hours we spent literally 20 hours just ripping on Kevin Sorbo. And, right. and we had uh we had just decided that he was completely out of work and destitute and eating garbage, and uh, he had a beard of bees, and uh, and uh, and then and then Gary started talking about trying to bring him to Comedy Bar, and uh, we all thought he was crazy. And then uh, he was coming to Toronto to do something at Fan Expo, and Gary just booked him for a weekend at, at Comedy Bar and called it Kevin Sorbo's Garbage Weekend. <laughs> 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 and then Sorbo loved it. He got right into it. It was right. crazy. It did was he know crazy. what he was
1: showing up to? Now, okay. Now, for people who don't know, uh, or you're just tuning in now, uh, this is uh, XM Radio's Anything Goes, where it got Pat Thornton in the studio. Pat did his uh, fourth uh, 24 hours of stand-up, and uh, the year that you kind of were shitting all over uh, Kevin Sorbo, uh, he eventually showed up. Now, the following year, you did. Um, was it? Who's it? John Stamos? Yeah. And was there any return from John Stamos? No, no, no,
5: no. It wasn't, because uh, Stamos wasn't, it didn't get as, as heavy as, it didn't become the theme in in the same like way the Sorbo that, uh, one. that Sorbo did. Yeah, There hasn't been one like, like Sorbo. Last year, what our biggest recurring theme was uh, a love affair between Mr. Smee and Captain Hook.
3: <laughs> That's right. right. Smee. Right. <laughs> I was about yours, Smee. <laughs> So one of the, one of the big uh, things that you got for leading up to this is you got the cover of Now Magazine, which is uh, Toronto's entertainment paper. And uh, not really known recently for having uh, comedy performers or stand-ups on it. So that was a very big thing. And a lot of people, you know, you can always say, oh, why did that guy get it? Why did she get it? But I think in this case, it was a very – I mean, me and Dave talked about this last week before he came on. It's one of the reasons we wanted you to come on post as a kind of wrap-up. I felt it was one of the first times in a long time where it's like, this makes a lot of sense because you've been around a long time now. Um, You know, you're kind of multifaceted, so you've got your sketch background and and now also stand-up and acting with the comedy bar and by TV. But now this is something that should get that kind of press. I agree. The the fundraiser and doing it. So awesome to see you on that cover. You know, and also not the first year. You did it the fourth. I mean, you know, that proves that it's something that needs to be done.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that came out of nowhere. I mean uh, Glenn Sumi approached me and I I couldn't have been happier. Right. I was really, really uh thrilled. It's I be mean, I think it's something that everybody wants. Oh yeah, <laughs> of course. Totally of course, of course, yeah, yeah. It's the cover. And uh I'll say this though, when um I had to uh, go do the uh cover like photo shoot for it. Right. The uh the guy who had never seen me do anything was like I don't know. I thought I'd put you in a straitjacket or <laughs> how much did they choose your wardrobe? No, no,
1: no. Did you bring wardrobe options and then they. <laughs> well, they
5: asked me to bring they asked me to come in a suit and uh, and I did or I brought a suit with me. Um, and then I uh, but I also happened to be just wearing a Superman <clears> T-shirt when I showed up and they were like, oh, we'll take some pictures in that, too. And I was like, cool. And OK, I ended up being the cover.
1: <laughs> I love the straight jacket idea
3: because
5: yeah. you're
1: crazy you're
3: a Canadian.
5: Yeah. all Canadians are nuts yeah, yeah. 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 basically Kinnison <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly exactly
3: yeah. Um, we're, uh, we are almost out of time but if people want to um, donate to the website for the Stephen Lewis Foundation what's the address is it just at .com
5: uh, yeah I would uh, go to adare to remember .com okay and uh, look me up and you can donate to my dare
3: okay and if uh, yeah. people want to follow you on Twitter or your website or any other thing what's the uh,
5: you can follow me on Twitter at, at Pat Thornton okay uh, and there's an N in there that a lot of people don't know. Thornton. T H O R N T O N. Oh, okay, right. right. Thornton. Thornton. Looking for okay. Me, yeah. Mm. Okay. Thornton.
3: Well, you know what? Come back in a few months and we'll talk about other things like are the you... bike TV, comedy, bar show, and we'll talk about a whole bunch of other things for Great. Okay.
1: Just, Just quickly, are you going to do it again
5: next year? Yeah, I think I'll do okay. it again. Okay. Next year, I think we're going to try and uh, pull it off in a few different cities at the same time. Oh, oh wow. that's awesome. Uh, yeah. like, okay. you mean
3: other comedians at the same time? Yeah, other oh, comedians.
5: Wow. Or, or uh, uh, consecutively. So we might try to try to do a week of comedy.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so you just need like awesome. seven dudes
5: to... Uh,
1: yeah. And some have some weird Jesus. like pass the baton sort of thing. Well, yeah. yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. I think we can pull it off. I think we can pull off four days from what we're planning right now, but we're really going to try a week. Okay. So four Very days cool.
3: of 24 hours. Yeah. Wow. Uh, You should get like a rock star
1: energy drink sort of uh, promotion there. It would be cool if it was like
2: like a person in Montreal, a person in Halifax, one in Vancouver, one in Toronto, all doing 24 hours the same day. You guys could like correspond with each other on Twitter or something like that. It'd be cool. It'd be fun. It's already cool. And isn't the live it? feeds and everything
3: that would yeah, yeah that'd be cool because
2: you guys can feed off each other at the same time. As yeah, you're yeah, All yeah. staying out twenty four hours. Yeah, I
5: just don't want us to compete with each other. I, wanna, I want but to. But if it's in different like...
2: cities, you're not really competing, are you? You're just well, like, people, getting the power more of the internet. More exposure and more money. Yeah, I
3: bet the power of the internet. Yeah, you got yeah, donations yeah. from from exactly. all over. Exactly.
1: I, in my opinion, you should spread it out running it out. Buddy. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right, thanks for having me again. All right, thank you, Pat.
0: <laughs> Proving once again cats are smarter than humans. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin.
4: Hey there, this is Big J Okerson and you're listening to Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin right here on Sirius XM Radio's Laugh Attack.
0: a star a punch in the head is still a punch in the head this is anything goes with darren frost and dave martin
1: all right we are back from the break uh, this is anything goes with darren frost christina walker and myself this is the week of november 28th 2012 we're coming to you like we do every week from the xm studios here in toronto uh that was a uh, big jay okerson coming in from the break and uh, we we still hope that uh, after Hurricane Sandy, uh, yeah, uh, I've, I haven't are,
2: heard. Yeah, we haven't heard
1: from uh, Big J. Bless.
2: But, oh, I uh, hope things are
1: working out for him. Yeah. and uh, he's mm-hmm. on his on the road to recovery of his house and his car and all that jazz yeah. down there. And uh, we had uh, Kat, I th- who wrote that intro uh, with the uh, the uh, punch in the head. That's is mine. Still, that's an old is one. Of mine. It, is that yeah. one okay? It sounded like a Kathleen one.
2: Yeah,
3: that's mm-hmm. an old one of mine. Yeah.
1: But and who did the one coming into the second segment? Uh, that wasn't mine. That was that. Okay, then that sounded like. Hey guys,
2: pop- remember we have a guest here. <laughs> <laughs> Should I know, we introduce I know. him? <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I know, I know. We're just uh, conversing about uh, going. Yeah. In, uh, our guest in the studio this <laughs> week is uh, Al Ray, all the way from uh, the uh, Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Yes,
6: you know, from the city. Of all Winnipeg. the way. Thank welcome,
2: you. welcome to Toronto. Welcome to XM. I like, I
6: like how there's uh, no monitor out there. Right. Right. So it's silence. Yes. Is so it you, silence? You, yeah. So you got to read lips like Hal, yeah. right, yeah. to figure out what the hell. <laughs> oh. Pat Thornton could be talking about for 15 minutes. It was he remotely hates Winnipeg. Interesting. I'm
3: like, dude, calm down with the anti-Winnipeg. How
6: <laughs> <Hal> here. <laughs> That's a lie, Derek.
3: I know it is.
6: Now you were uh, in town. How come you do, Frost? You sound like the man I know and love, and he puts on the radio DJ voice.
3: Who, Dave? Does? Yeah, because that's his job. Dave always okay. wanted to be a radio DJ guy.
6: I still think I could be, but you uh, could be. Uh, yeah. You were in town this week for Al for uh, what uh, we call we're watching comedy some showcases? comedy. Yeah, yes. comedy showcases uh, at Yuck Yucks over the weekend, and then one tonight at the Riverlea. So go- it's one of the things we do during the year to select people for the. Do you go go to the uh, other comedy club, uh, the Absolute? Uh, I haven't uh, this time around. Uh, Anyone is welcome to kind of put on a showcase. We have a limited number of time. Uh, I mean, anyone that's listening should know. I mean, like any festival, I mean, people send us links. I will look at anybody uh, that wants to send me links. You know, any time of the year. right? Do they have, to, they have to be links of their comedy? Could they just be links of <laughs> um, cooking something sometimes, good? Sometimes, you know, it's funny. Sometimes people who don't have any stand-up will send you things that are funny. Like hot Latina milf. <laughs> and and then you're supposed name. to think that yeah. perhaps they could Dude, the set out of it. It's
2: Dave's crazy. got a good link of him dancing in Vegas. So he yeah, I, yeah, I, I
1: do. I'll show that
6: to you. That yeah. should get me somewhere. People send us all sorts of weird stuff to try and get a job on the, on the festival. They really Oh, do, man.
2: Yeah. You should make a video of, like, all. The weird shit that people send you that are isn't we really could do that out. yeah you like should. a little kind of
6: gag reel yeah look, it uh, would be so
2: rejected, funny to yeah, watch absolutely. these weird submissions. Absolutely. I also liked how you put
6: "job" in air quotes too. So that's <laughs> I, no, no, because many people literally like will send they they want to do something with the comedy festival. They're so not understanding what it is right. that right. they don't even they don't use the vocabulary. They do a set or perform like right. they're not even that sophisticated. Uh, that th- they would understand that, so they they like comedy and they like comedy festivals and they would like a job. Yeah, and right. so they send you something funny.
3: So one one thing I wanted to ask you about because we had uh, your former comedy partner in here who spoke very highly of you uh, on on the radio, but outside, George a George yeah. George Westerholm, that was his name, right? George. Yes, George. yes, <laughs> yes I think so. Uh, yeah, he would you. he wouldn't say much, but. Uh, we had him in, and uh, you know, you guys were uh, very well-known as a comedy duo, and how do you go from a comedy duo to now running a comedy festival?
6: Well, I went from a comedy duo to being like a solo sure. stand-up, which was a lot harder, because literally you do that for a long time. Any two-man guy will tell you this. You look for the other guy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's sad. It's like, got to be a weird adjustment. It's a weird adjustment. And I still move, Darren, all the time towards... Being in situations where I can perform with other people, I really enjoy it. I like playing off people. But why are there no
3: more comedy duos? Like, I mean, even in Canada, other than you guys and McLean and McLean, I'm, I'm, you know, I can't. Bowser and Blue are still. Of course, Bowser. Sorry, I'm sorry. That's that's a big omission. But
6: no, I mean, you know, you're right. You're right. Uh, Splitting the money.
3: Yeah, that's tough. Yeah,
6: (laughs) you know, splitting the money for one. And yeah, and other than that, I don't know.
3: Because uh, there's just so much more you can do. They pop up every
6: once in a while. The Concords, you know, there was Ready a long time flight, between, you know.
1: Flight yeah. of the Concords. And once there was another, there's a female musical duo in the States of like. Oh, um, uh,
3: Garfield. Uh,
1: Garfield and uh, Oates not, or whatever. Uh, um, Garfunkel and Oates, yeah. yeah. yeah.
6: But uh, Yeah. They're you're du- pretty not on that level. Right. You know, but they are. They, they are a around. duo. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're yeah. A duo. they are a duo.
1: But I know uh, we had Andrew Clark in who wrote the. Uh, yeah, uh, the stand-up stand book, yeah. And, and there was a, a bit about you in there and about how, uh, you know, how you guys, yeah, you had to share your money at the end We had end to share our money. Because you'd go on the road with Yuck Yuck's Axe and where it would be like, oh, one stand-up, we get the same. Or you do as a duo, we get the same money as just one guy. We do, Yikes. and sometimes
6: they would pay, they would give us a little bit of a step up, but it was never right. double. Right, right. Uh, and it worked out when you did TV because they have to pay you individually, right. so that sometimes it was better. As uh, you guys probably know, we would take the cash and then we would throw it on the floor and we would we would go at it. We would fight each other yeah. to see who got the, <laughs> the lion's share. Yeah. Well,
2: Sharing we're... the drink tickets must suck too. I oh, would not was... want to do that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Well, yeah, they would just pour the beer in the middle of the room and, <laughs> and, if,
6: and each have a straw. And if there was a fifty or a hundred amidst those twenties. It could get very... Someone could do very well. Well, uh, my question with that uh, form of payment was, was would there
1: ever be a morning where, like, George would have a big stack of pancakes and and you just had, like, a... A a, Like
6: a a donut and a tea or something? It happened. It happened. It was... You know, it did balance out kind of okay and I think by the end of the year, like any kind of gambling, it seemed to kinda of correct itself over over our career. But yeah, there would be some times that you would get the you would get the hundred and the fifty and a handful of twenties and the other guy would get two 20s. And so yeah, you had a lousy weekend. <laughs> And the bar knew because most of it went back to the bar. Anyway, exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know <laughs> that was the other thing, or to some ridiculous poker game. Well, you know, I've I've heard people try to convince bar owners
1: just no, oh, pay us money and the comics will spend that money on drinks and so you will get it back. And sometimes bars are just like, wow, why should we pay you? Guys? There was
6: one club owner who would pay you in uh, cash and cocaine, which was oh, yeah. fine if you liked cocaine. Yeah, but, right. if, you but did, if you didn't, then it was yeah. kind of you know. Then you had to sell it. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. And if you you couldn't sell it back to the other people you were working with... Well, you could sell it back to him, but he'd owe you because he wouldn't have enough money. That's why you got the cocaine in the first (laughs) place. So it became very confusing. Wow. It became very confusing.
3: Talk about being cut up. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) it's not like
1: you you can't divvy up that money, that cocaine-like money, and say, oh, well, this money is going to go to my kids, and this money is going to go to my wife. No, no, what they did is
3: they would throw it on the table, and then whoever (laughs) would sniff (laughs) up the most... That's right. Woke up the next day having a donut that's, and tea. That's right. <laughs>
6: that's right.
1: Have you ever gotten a submission tape where a guy is just doing stand up, like in his rec room, like in front <laughs> of a fireplace? Yeah, I've seen those before. Oh, I've seen those.
6: Uh, usually, that's a cassette tape, though. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that's usually a cassette yeah. tape. Yeah. Uh, like many festivals, and it's you know they call it going green, but it's just because it's you're you're lazy. Is. Uh, we just take links now. Yeah. yeah. But still, people still send me VHS tapes. Oh, that's yeah. cute. Oh, people that still send cute. me v- And I don't have a VHS. <laughs> there, so I don't watch them.
3: Well, one of the I things, though, being a, a booker for a comedy festival, it's somewhat of a thankless job. And uh, you have to make decisions that are gonna keep, you know, some people happy and some people not. Of course comics are, are not the easiest people to keep happy. Yeah. Um and uh, that's something you've had to, you know, straddle that line for a long time. It's
6: hard and our festival's kind of unique, you know, in, in a good way and a bad way. One is they're kind of theme theme driven. Right. So right. sometimes it's about suiting the themes. Right. And sometimes a comic who's maybe not, you know, clearly not in the same Kind of a ballpark is another comic. Just fits in the pocket of the theme. Right. And maybe if, they, not-
3: if the theme is parenting and they don't have kids, it doesn't matter how great they are. They can't be on Absolutely. that show. Absolutely. Right.
6: Absolutely. I mean, I, I can't think of too many uh, comics. I'm I'm. You know, I'm very very fond of. That, that don't at least make the list year after year and i i do have a feeling like you know like comedy now did or any television show if you're around for 20 years we'll pretty much get to everybody and i, I tell people that and because it's theme driven sometimes that it's not just about my favorites for the year sure also i am the artistic director of the live event and obviously i weigh in on absolutely everything but the the television show has a has a production company and a broadcaster right and they they obviously have have a say as well so it's not like every single act I book is necessarily uh, at the top of my list. I often will also book comics that I don't personally like their material, but they're crowd uh, pleasers and so on. And they, on, fit, the you know, and and they, they fit the format and theme. And they fit the format and the theme and so right. on. And sometimes you just make mistakes. Well, and I know that like a lot of com- and then, you know, you were talking before we went to air,
1: and you sort of said that uh, a lot of comics don't realize that... Uh, you know you don't necessarily need to like kill and destroy for you to get chosen because you
6: don't necessarily judge a comic's performance on the reaction that they get from the audience oh no no when i'm when i'm watching people yeah you know. and as you guys know festival audiences are terribly forgiving right you know so we look for certain things so comics that you might say oh i can't believe you know and i like i you know i'm you as you guys know i'm am a i'm a I'm a fan of the underdog, so if there's a guy that hasn't worked in 20 years and I still think has a great material, you know, and Sean Keen, you know, I mean, he pretty oh, much yeah, retired. Yeah, great, yeah. I had to find him. I mean, yeah. it, was, it wasn't easy yeah. to actually physically locate him and then talk him into coming, but I knew he was the right guy for the show. Yeah. You know, and it, the whole thing wasn't easy, but once he got there, my goodness, and I'm not pretending that the whole audience got it, but... Uh, my god when the green room is in tears yeah. and 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 60% of the audience is in tears you know it really is uh, it really is worth it so you know it's nice to be able to do that and have that kind of quirky thing but obviously as a comic yes i mean you know i have to confront comics and i have to answer you know questions about why did you book this guy and why right. did you book that guy yeah. and i you know and i do make mistakes and
3: Well one know. of the, one of the ones that was probably most uh, controversial in the last couple of years is uh last year i believe it was or it was 2 years ago last year i think was uh, booking on a woman that uh, kill gala was Nicole Arbor. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of comedians and comedians uh, were, you know, quite upset with that call, for sure. Well, Nicole Arbor... And that's
6: a terribly difficult one, too, Darren, of course, because it is a... You're making a a distinction. It's also, you know, you're saying here is the best of a certain genre, and in this case, it's... uh, uh, women and right. women comics don't get that many opportunities to sure. begin with it's regrettable that you still do these uh, ghetto shows for any group but sometimes they're well, necessary yeah. yep. and then if the, and then you say women who kill obviously there's a lot of great women comics in the country if only five of them on the are on the show you're already limiting it and then if one of them you know maybe doesn't meet the standards of most people's what considered to be in that level then it becomes even more controversial. That was a controversial call and and you know I I'm, I'm not uncomfortable saying uh, you know it's a Monday morning quarterback of my own decision but right. it was a bad one. It was a bad decision. It didn't work in the house. I don't think it's going to work on TV. It was it was regrettable. And uh, I make, uh, you know, I make mistakes and I take responsibility. For
1: well, them. I think a lot of people had issue with it because she bills herself as uh, North America's um, or is, the it, the world, is it the world's world world, sexiest, the world sexiest it's comedian? It's the,
2: that wasn't that part of the drama because, like, I, I don't actually know her and I don't know her material at all. But the story I heard is that um, Caroline Ray introduced her as Canada's sexiest comedian and then she wouldn't come out. And then, yeah, I mean,
6: if you want some backstage gossip, and that the it was, is you're, you're, she had to say the
2: world's sexiest comedian yeah, before yeah. she would come on stage, which I was. Just like, I mean, oh. I'm kind
6: of I'm kind of in the same place as uh, you guys uh, to to some degree. Other than I was closer uh, to the to the story when I heard it later, but uh, I literally was not physically there when that part went down. Right. But what you're describing is almost exactly what happened. Right. I do know because where I was. the the person that was supposed to come out uh, didn't come out and and I did hear later this was the reason uh, that uh, yeah there was a miss there there was a there there was a uh, the the artist was upset that the introduction was wrong I mean this is a that that particular part of it to me is like world's best uh, smoked meat sandwich and stuff if you want you know or that or that Canadian guy if you want if you want to if you want to have a if you want to have a corny slogan. Uh, and... Uh, I go know.
2: on stage if somebody doesn't even get my name right. I'm yeah. like, oh, well, fuck it. I'm just here yeah, to tell too. jokes. Yeah. I don't yeah. give a shit. But you're talking about I'm not about to, yeah. intros at all. If you want to have a
6: corny, you know, if you want to have a corny slogan, you can have a corny slogan. Yeah. And if the corny slogan... I mean, the, my frustrating thing about that is, and I think you guys are right about how it went down, is it can have been fixed later. Yeah, Yeah, there was no reason to stop the show because it could have been redone. Of course. And so that was a frustrating But that's also a
3: sign of of her level of um, familiarity with with, with how comedy works. I mean, I personally, you know, do I consider her a comedian? I really don't because, I mean, you know, she doesn't really do much stand-up these days. She does more kind of like, you know, Internet-type things and hosting and interviewing, and that's fine. I got no problem with that I just for me a lot of my friends are female comics and I know you feel the same way Al because you just said that it's just sad that one of the five spots went to her and not to someone else but you know that's all you can do you know
6: it was regrettable you know and, and would I would I have done things differently uh, you know I'd, uh, you know uh, later yeah yeah right. but you know these well, things uh, these things happen
1: i think also too is a lot of uh, comics pride themselves on their words mm-hmm. so it's like when someone labels themselves the world's yes. sexiest comedian yeah. it's sort of like saying oh you're the sexiest dentist or you're the you're the the greatest dancer and you're an
6: astronaut or something like that or uh, you know what i'm saying it's just it's a hook you know it's a hook and and some comics are better at, at hooking and 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 doing the doing the pr bit and right. i mean a far more regrettable example probably frost as you as you know, Know, is when we had that theme show comics named Dave Martin oh. and, and, and he couldn't and he couldn't even get on that show I know right he couldn't even get on that show that was sad and, and he w- even
3: had a banner that said world's sexiest, World sexiest Dave Martin was <laughs> the world's sexiest Dave Martin he couldn't yeah. get on that show in this
6: case I didn't re- regret the uh, decision I still don't but I do understand why there was controversy and you guys talked about it for weeks after well I think on my
1: showcase set I wore a t-shirt well, that said I'm not Dave Martin so yeah. that, might, yeah. that made no difference. That yeah. made no yeah. difference. It was really
6: all about the material. Now, it was really completely, completely came down to how yeah. bad the material well, was. Well, can we
1: just have a show where the material isn't a factor? And I just
6: <laughs> If we ever do a theme where material, good material is not a factor, you would be the I'm first so person bad. I would go. call. All right. There
3: we go. Now, one thing: whenever we have someone in who's uh, in watches a lot of comedy, we always ask them uh, uh, the standard question of two or three things that you kind of get tired of seeing, whether it's mistakes comics make. Other than or, Dave Martin. Other than Dave Martin, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Other than Dave Martin, is there something that's common, even the even the last six months that you've been watching a lot of comedy? Like someone published
6: uh, some wag on the internet published a list of of things that comics should retire. Did right. you guys see yes, that? Yes, I saw that. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Like right. I, I, I ma- it matched with me. I don't want to hear too soon. Uh, right. as a punchline sure. uh, anymore um i think more than anything i would prefer to believe especially on a showcase that the material wasn't generated that afternoon because it was funny shit that happened to people on the way right. down yeah, the yeah 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 yep. you know some some sense of that you know would be uh, would be nice uh i think that more than anything the advice the comics that i would pass along that's terribly important is uh Darren and I we were talking about this before. Nobody likes to be told they're doing a shitty job, even when they uh, when they are. Right. So if I don't book you for some reason, right. it's probably not a good idea to 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 imagine why I didn't book you, especially if your if you're if your imaginings are a little paranoid. Sure, right, right. Sure. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really it just doesn't help. You know, it just <laughs> makes it worse. Well, it's like there's there someone... was a guy. Do you remember this? I can't even remember who it was. Came out on comics. Uh, after trying for a long time to get the show and they came out and they said, it's great to be here on comics. Finally. Right. Yeah. Right? right. And right. if that's where you're going to start. Right. The conversation. Right. It's just not good. You right. Know?
3: Well, there's also someone else uh, we know. I don't want to say his name because, you know, he's friends to us. but uh, did not No. (laughs) Yeah. In this case, no. He didn't get a comedy now. So what he did was he went around and he got all these comics to say on camera, you know, pretty much, what the fuck? Why hasn't this guy gotten one yet? Yeah, yeah. It was a petition, wasn't it? A petition, petition, Yeah. 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 And it's like, I understand the frustration there. Trust me, I do. But I also know that there's no point doing that because that's not going they're not going to go oh my god mm-hmm. if Craig Campbell says he's good we've been fucking up all yeah. this time no
2: if you're good and you keep working at it you're going to get all those things right yeah. what you said but, if but you're even in the you don't. For 20 years eventually we're going to obviously book you but you're even gonna- if you
3: don't for whatever reason if you don't you're not mending that fence by doing that yeah right. or totally. going or
1: going up to saying you- and i have 5000
6: names that says that you're wrong and you're not yeah.
1: doing yeah. your job properly yeah. yeah.
6: and here's another one that's that's really i think very valuable advice if i offer you uh, something that is beneath your station in life uh take it it, take it it doesn't mean that i think that that's all you deserve sure it's just you would you it would be very helpful if you did it and you don't want to say that out loud because then it's a kind of an implication which is almost the form of a threat so you just hope that the person and then when you do do that uh it doesn't make it worse it's not like the you know on the other side of it it's like you never punch up a script uh for shitty money because then that's all they'll make you do. Right, right? yes, of course. But yeah. in this particular case, if you say, come to the comedy festival and do the, these kind of little shows... If you do a great job, that makes it way easier for me to think about you doing other shows. Have
1: people done that? Have people have turned down? Oh, all shit? the because time! Really? Oh my well, God! I don't yeah. understand. Oh why God. I would do that? Why anyone? Because your feelings are hurt. That's why. It's, it's ego. It's, it is ego. It's ego. ego. Is, 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 this, is, is Canada the kind of country where you can uh, you know get away with having? such I don't an think ego? you can get away with it anywhere.
6: No. Well, you I know? mean, people if but even certain, more so here, for at, sure.
1: With a certain amount of fame, people think that they might have like just uh, more bargaining chips and yeah, yeah. If there's more places to go. But in Canada, there's not that many places to go for TV exposure and yeah. things like that. So and don't and don't sure. tell
6: me how much you can earn when I can go to the internet and see what yuck yuck's you're playing <laughs> two right. weeks from the festival. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now <laughs> I,
1: you, you, you said you, you, we bring up TV, and is there ever a situation where you see someone not do that well in front of a live crowd? And then you kind of get a feeling that well they could do very well on TV. Oh yeah, and, yeah,
6: um, cause, absolutely. Because there was a because uh, our crowds are much more forgiving. The TV audiences are much more kind of onside. Yeah. It's a soft seater and so on. Yeah, people. Uh, the other thing, but there's an energy thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And even if you're deadpan, there's just this. There's this smallness that I sometimes see in comics, and I just I just kind of instinctively know that they just don't have the. Uh, it's just not big enough for the big stage. Right. And then they come out and they're dwarfed and you add a little bit of nervousness and it can be very uncomfortable.
3: Now, your, your festival only does galas for television. Uh, and Only right? galas
6: for television, but we do among, as you know, because you've been out there. Yeah. Um, there is about 35 other shows. So, I mean, there's also no, we I do know, a dark what, show. Yeah, and,
3: but what I'm saying is, like, in terms of, you just said, if you saw someone who's a character who may not be able to be great for the big room, like the big gala stage, have you ever thought about kind of branching out, maybe doing, like, a smaller venue alternative for television as well? Yes. Or is that s- yes, so covered by, by other We No,
6: we've started to talk about that right. this year. We, 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 we would sometimes record those shows for radio. And right, this year yes. for the first time. Uh, including the conversations with uh, CBC around whether or not we can mix it up in exactly the same way you're talking about. And initially at the beginning of the festival, we didn't do all the galas in the Pantages. We shot in other venues before, so we may return to that. Right.
3: Just because, I mean, it's don't get me wrong. Who I know, I who agree with wanna, you. No, absolutely. Yeah. Who doesn't want to play in front of 800 people? But No, you know, but why, sometimes that's I,
6: not the right look. Uh, I personally
1: don't want to play in front of 800
3: people. 100, and, 100, so. 100 to 100. Your career 100.
1: is right on track, then, <laughs> my right. friend. I right know, on I'll, track. I'll take those 60 people at the Downtown Yaks yeah. if I can.
3: <laughs> but, so, you know, sometimes it intimates you set 80. goals
1: for yourself that are yeah. attainable. That's what I love about you. And that's right. they're, they're still out of reach. Yes. <laughs>
6: You said you would only do the show as a volunteer. Yeah. And (laughs) and now in your 10th year, you can pay me in your tickets.
3: (laughs) Yeah, Dave regrets turning it down five years ago. That's all I'm saying. Uh, If you're just joining us, we're talking to Al Ray, who is the creative director, artistic director of the Winnipeg Comedy Festival and a comedian himself. Um, So what what do you want to do with the festival? Like you just talked about, you know, maybe changing it up a bit in terms of television. Is there other facets like one thing I've always been interested in is because for Manitoba, have you ever thought about taking it on the road in the province?
6: We do. uh, We do to some degree. And uh, starting last year, and I think we're going to do it again, we've gone into uh, Saskatchewan. Oh, okay. With the best of the Winnipeg Comedy oh, Festival, right. and that was a great tour, and we went on with Sean Cullen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's great to be able to provide this extra work uh, for yeah. everybody. Yeah, you know, but also, I mean, that's very uh, important. To but us also, to, like
3: to, to branch out just into the province, you know, because not everyone can get down to Winnipeg. And you're very.
6: Uh, it's very true. It's very true. Yeah. Um, and we do do that, and we go up, and we're looking at ways to go even further up, as you know, it's an enormous uh, province, yeah. with a lot of space in between things. But we would love to go up to Churchill and even Thompson. And we do to some degree, but uh, uh, people do also tend to come down to Winnipeg because it is still the center. Yeah. Now, yep. w- uh, now why, uh, why the month of February? Can I ask that? Why is
1: like this? I mean, what is February like in Winnipeg as far as uh, uh, weather wise?
6: Uh, well, the the festival's in April. I was, was going to say that. Yeah, I, I was swear to God. I was like, Dave. One year, one year, uh, but you're not entirely wrong. Okay. You're not good. entirely wrong. Like most things. Uh, we, <laughs> originally, the festival was a kind of almost the last little cough of winter. Okay. It sort of was like the middle of March. Right. And I think that was the first couple of years. Then one year we did have to move into February, oh, which okay, was yeah. very grave. And it was minus 40. And I remember yeah. actually oh. one year I was walking Oof. and I thought, not only. Not just if I wasn't the artistic director. If I literally wasn't on the show as a performer, I wouldn't have gone. Right. Because yeah, it was so freaking cold. Yeah. You could uh, say fucking. Yeah. Fucking cold. Yeah. yeah fucking yeah. cold. My yeah. Anything goes, here, L. Anything you can uh, say. Fucking. And um, and now we're in April, which is in uh, quite uh, nice actually. It's usually like twelve to to 16, 17.
1: Oh, beautiful. Okay. But it
6: would be nice oh, to have a midwinter, deep midwinter festival too. So yeah. Part of me misses that, but um. It, uh, to answer your question, uh, your question is is pointless because oh, it's, yeah. it's factually inaccurate. <laughs> okay,
3: finally well, somebody's thinking out Dave Martin on our show. Well, right? no,
1: no, maybe February is just the well, is is the time that you start saying who's a, a part of the festival, and yeah, maybe that's when I start getting disappointed. Right. So. At least
2: right. in February, less like less of your audience is going to go outside for yeah. smoke breaks. Yeah, That's so cold. That's right.
3: I'll just stay inside and watch your jokes, Dave. Okay, well, we are out of time. We do want to thank uh, Al Ray for coming by. If people Yay, want to get a hold thanks. of you, Al Ray, are you on Twitter or no?
6: Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter, Al Ray of Sunshine, R-A-E. Okay. Oh. Uh, WinnipegComedyFestival.com is the website. You can okay. follow the uh, email uh Mine is just al at Winnipeg Comedy Festival, and also people
3: can check out uh, links and comedy clips from the festival from that website and on the CBC site. Can not they? Absolutely, and right.
6: people are anyone is welcome to send me a uh, a link uh, for me to to look at. Okay. Uh, keep it under eight minutes.
3: Remember that, Dave. All right, okay, I yeah. will well, remember Kingdom that. style. Well, that is yeah. the show this week. We want to thank our guest, Al Ray, who is here, and, of course, Pat Thornton, who was in earlier. And uh, if you want any more information about our show, you can go to the Facebook page, uh, or my uh, website is com or Twitter feed is Comedy Horror Dave.
1: Uh, I'm uh, located at uh, Dave Martin World, and uh, also on Twitter, Dave Martin World. And uh, this week, by the time you hear this episode, we will have uh, last week's show up with... Um, who's our our guest? Was, Jared uh, Kale. Jared Kale from... Uh, and, uh, and our live episode that we did with uh, Alan Park and uh, John, John Moses. Moses. Yes. So that was our first live show from uh, the uh, comedy bar.
2: And if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at WalkinSauce. Sauce. It's pretty exciting.
3: That's it. Especially when I drink. That's All great. right, that is it. Thanks, ah. everyone. Till next time.
1: And don't beat up any cops, they can call, always call more cops. Yes,
3: Okay, so Rebecca's pissing, uh, literally, and Dave is probably pissing off someone somewhere. But as soon as they get back, we'll roll right away.
1: Uh, so, is that dude that's in your profile photo? Is he your guy now?
7: Me? No, that's a gay man.
1: Oh, okay. I couldn't yeah. tell. We had a beard, and a lot of the straight dudes have beards.
7: That's true. I should take that down. People probably want to ask me out, and they're like, oh, she's taken. But I, you, I, I thought that him? too. No. Oh, I thought I, you that. You
3: know what? You got to change that then.
7: Really? We I... should talk about that. That's a good intro. All right. Okay, let's okay. talk
3: about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Because Darren was going to ask you out. No, no, yeah. but I saw
3: that and I'm like, that looks like a nice guy. You look happy. I'm happy oh, you for look, you.
1: You look too. Uh, yeah, I you know. Look and, joyous wouldn't together. That'd be yeah. so
3: nice. I actually, I had to
7: dump a guy today. It was awful. Oh no! How'd you do? It? Well, only, okay, only two okay. dates. We can talk about that yeah. too. Oh, so Somebody...
3: yeah, I have a question for you. Okay, okay good. Wait. Okay.
1: I've gone on lots of second dates.
3: Really, Dave? Yeah. That don't involve alcohol, or?
1: Oh no! Of course, they've
3: involved alcohol. Okay.
1: It's the lack of alcohol later on that make me realize oh, what the fuck was that first date all about? Right. Or the, when the first date. Came can we so stop well talking so we can hammer. start the show? Or sure, right. anytime you like. Yeah.
3: I, I like that. Happy. It's good.
1: <laughs> I want. We could talk about Comic Con, and I brought pot brownies onto the airplane. Oh no,
3: we're gonna. In, talk this second. in yeah. the and second, yeah.
1: And the gun. Yeah. She, I wish. Have you seen that Yuck Yak's uh, poster that they have of the entire roster? For, no. Yeah. Oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I wish I brought that to yeah. the gun range. Like sorry. But aren't the pictures, like, this big? Yeah, I know, but still, that would take up an entire bullet hole. That's true. That'd be so awesome.
7: Where did you see it? At a club?
1: Uh, no, I saw it at the office, and I, like, I took, like, 12 of them. Really? Yeah. I want to laminate them, and, like, next time a comic has a birthday, I'll give them a pack of darts.
7: Oh, that's fun. No question.
1: Yeah, I'll, should we make it another awkward question from our? Yeah, 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 I'll yeah. reference the Rob right. Pugh vagina we'll five, question. Five or date okay.
7: stuff. We're just That's dating, not not
1: butt dating, like, like you're into. <laughs> <laughs> I want to date your butt. It's a great pickup line. I want to, you know, I heard a girl. You know what? I know a girl from London. Uh, that I'm, uh, but she took a greyhound from London to Toronto. Like the bus or yeah. A dog? <laughs> <laughs> it was a chariot of greyhounds that she just whipped into I like this girl <laughs> ah! and then, anyway,
7: uh, so what about her
1: Oh uh, not necessarily about her, but she uh, uh there was a guy on the bus she she w- she took a small nap and when she opened her eyes, this guy was like six inches away from her face, Whoa. kind of staring at her and uh and then at one point the guy left and he actually said to her uh, i am really envious of your gum because it's been in your mouth for so long." Isn't that crazy though? Do you think every time a, every, every time a guy does a line like that, do you think it's worked once before? Headphones going okay? Um, well, it didn't work, right? Well, no, it's no, no, creepy. no, no. She was like, "Oh, by the way, by, by, by. <laughs> I met this guy." Yeah, I met this guy it in the Greyhound. Really he took uh, he took me into the uh, the bus washroom,
7: uh.
1: and uh, he banged <laughs> me there. It's not a big deal. Come on. Right. At least I think they I have peed hand, it all they out. have
7: hand sanitizer in there yeah. for lube.
1: Yeah. Okay. I've already peed out all his creamy kids that he left in me, <laughs> in one of my ho- in my horny holes. <laughs> I used the horny holes once, and I was a. Uh, it was for a. Uh, why
7: do I come here on Mondays?
1: Because you're asked to, and you're yeah.
3: nice. And we have fun. We were. Why? What? What? Uh... I don't. I see. I didn't even hear the conversation. It was That's the why creamy glad. kids and the horny, hole, <laughs> Dave. horny holes, Dave.
7: Are you tanned? I am tanned. From just Saturday? No,
3: I was in uh,
1: I was in Mexico like three weeks ago.
7: Oh, and it sticks. It kind oh, of Oh you're lucky, yeah. I
1: keep hearing that. Like, hey, you still have a tan. Yeah. I'm like, Mm-mm. You have tanorexia in Yeah, can you get on wine? Like
3: do you see that burnt toast woman that looks like
7: Oh my god, oh, on the, the news? Yeah. The tander daughter. Oh, the tander
3: daughter. Oh my Tender god. Tender daughter. We, I, I had that written down. I wouldn't have time to get to it. That's but, so that,
7: crazy. That's
3: an Indian dish, isn't it? Tander Tender daughter. daughter. Oh, <laughs> tander. Don't even Oh,
7: right. come on. With what? Little, come on. Cream little... kids and horny
1: holes? <laughs> was what am I walking Tender daughter. This? Oh, that is too much. Too far. Too much.
7: Too much. Am I right? If you right. eat the tender daughter, you're
0: poo and all too much. Poo much information.
7: <laughs> I'll just keep doodling.
1: Every day I'm doodling, doodling. Uh... Did you hear about that six-year-old kid that was uh, suspended for school for sexual harassment? What did he do? He went up to another student. And he said, uh, I'm sexy and I know it because he watched that uh, yeah. FMLAO video so, right. on, so many times. But he was also mom... in his underwear, like, tossing <laughs> his dick up and down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he had that'll, a cock ring and everything. That'll do it. Yeah. So he
7: got suspended? Yeah. And he was six?
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He was a, a child <sighs> that does, probably That's doesn't stupid. have any concept he of should what just he— get
7: some counseling. Or, like, just somebody should explain why he can't do that. He should then... get a
3: radio- reality TV series. That's what I think. That's probably
7: going to ruin that kid's life in
3: some way. Did you, hear about, you hear about the kid who got uh, kicked out of school for the Jesus shirt as was, well? So I thought you were referencing there. You know? yeah. yeah.
1: He refused to take it off for weeks. Yeah. <laughs> until finally they were just like, listen, it stinks, man. <laughs> <laughs> that Jesus shirt looks awful. That's really gross.
3: <laughs> if Jesus comes back, he's going to bring some fucking tide with some motherfucker.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Some spray and, then, and wash. Yeah, this gets Damn. some blood stains too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, just run this through the holes in your hand. Okay. Nice little handkerchief. And wash it. There we go. Uh, okay, I'm just I'm just finding the questions from the people that actually sent them in. Sorry. Oh.
1: Did you read any of your questions, Pete, from the Facebook thing? No. Oh, okay. No. Well, this will be exciting then. Okay.
7: Surprise
0: questions right. for Pete Okay. So well, now, now we can
1: your, go. Show us your dick. That's what was the question <laughs> no, on the radio. Yeah.
3: All right, so you ready? Oh my! So eventually we'll we'll do the questions as well. Questions. Okay. That was a compliment
1: and a horrible diss. All right, you ready, time. Dave? Because you're gonna do the question off me. the top. Well, you're gonna, you're gonna lead into it, right? Uh, yeah.
7: Okay. I've AIDS. <laughs> 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 yeah. Is that
1: was is that what you'd yell if you jumped off a bridge to no, your No, if he showed me his oh. penis.
7: I've oh. AIDS.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so does this, but not the rest of me. <laughs> All right, <gasps> we ready? Okay. That's my
3: okay, pressure. Let's go.
1: Okay. Shut up, so, Dave. All right. um,
3: can I just see where we are time-wise?
1: Every guy okay. who jumps off a bridge is last words are "I'm gay." <laughs> Thud. <laughs>
3: I don't understand. Well,
1: I, okay, okay. I didn't. I don't okay. care enough. You yeah, Okay.
3: Please. So, eight minutes. Do you see all, all right, right we're gonna come in from ahead? the break. You ready, guys? I, 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 yeah. We're totally ready. Okay. Good. Oh, shit. Okay. okay quiet. Yep, we're ready. <clears throat> and I like this guy, but we've we've our history before you guys came, is people that i thought would be great were not great um wait who are you talking about but guests on the show okay before you and and, and christina took over when we had kathleen we had some people were thought would be great guests and they were the most boring fucking guests oh really yeah
1: and so some of them were surprising like guys that you were opinionated on stage yeah and you'd get them off stage then they'd be just like well, mm-hmm. i don't know yeah.
3: can you what think of you one want... well it's the perfect example Oh, really? Yeah, and I like and I, Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And I thought, it's like, okay, he's going to bring it. He's going to have short, punchy things and say dr- dramatic things, and no.
1: And I've seen him do sets where he just gets up on a stool. Yeah, me too. And just talks to the crowd. And
7: then, frankly, sometimes I find that masturbatory. Uh, I hate Like, it. tell me a fucking joke, I hate please.
3: It. Yeah, yeah, I hate it. I hate he's it. a funny
7: guy, but I'm oh, like, yeah. work harder. Yeah, no, I hate that. No.
3: I but- still, I bring up your joke every single time I see a comic sit down.
7: Which joke is that? So it's
1: just when a, when a comedian, when a stand-up sits down on a stool, it it turns into an evening whiff.
7: Yeah, it's yeah. just like well, <laughs> yeah. just because
3: you're
1: sitting down doesn't mean that you know your your bit on like uh, picking up dog poop is any more you know uh, no. introspective or anything. No, no, like no, yeah, 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 yeah. Or yeah. oh man, that is that's a, a much deeper level now. No, there there is on. a
7: reason it's called st- stand-up comedy.
1: Right? Yeah. And, and and you could be like a Christopher Titus guy walking around and sitting down on a stool. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I guess just don't think that what you're saying is any more important. Cause...
7: I think every time I've sat on a stool, it's to kind of be funny. I'm like...
1: Well, yeah. yeah. Well, and look, then
7: I get up again. Almost sure. sarcastically,
3: right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah.
7: Where? When? A month ago.
3: What? Yeah. What were you talking about? I did my eight minutes... On one of those internet broadcasts, and then someone got pissed off at me and started heckling me, and I told him to shut the fuck up. And then it got really awkward. And then he whipped a glass at me. Where did it hit you? Didn't hit me. I was walking off stage, and he threw it, and it like hit the like I'm walking around that corner, uh-huh. and it went bang down. Did it smash? Well, it didn't break, but it smashed the wall. Yeah. Did
7: they kick that person out?
1: No.
3: No, which is... Um... Shut the fuck up. He got up and he kind of walked out. No one called the cops. No one did anything. And what's even worse, and why I don't want to play the riff anymore, is that an audience member shook his hand as he walked or out. Or high-fived him or something like yeah. that, which would be even worse. What than were you shame. were
7: you saying, like, we should rape babies and give them AIDS? Like, Well,
3: well what happened was, I was on an internet broadcast show... And Deborah was hosting. And the audience was very kind of deborah ish mm-hmm. in terms of there's a lot of girls in groups. Mm-hmm. That's not my crowd. I got up. I started doing my Kim Jong-il jokes and my political stuff. Uh-huh. They weren't buying it. Some people were, but some people weren't. And then they started judging me, and I hate the Rivoli to begin uh-huh. with. And so I started going, look, if you're going to fucking stare at me, I'll give you something to stare at. Did some more edgy stuff. They weren't digging it. Then the guy heckled. Get off the stage. You said, what would you say to me? He said, nothing. Of course. And that's what I said to him. Shut your fucking mouth or I'll do 45 minutes of rape jokes and make you cry. And then I looked at the microphone down the, the camera and went, put that on the fucking internet. And I grabbed all my shit to walk off and he threw the glass. <gasps> oh,
7: my God. Yeah.
3: What
7: yeah. the fuck is wrong with people? Anyway, uh, so what do we say in these? You're listening to Anything Goes?
3: Hey, this week on Anything Goes, uh,
1: we I'm, interview you, you, And can I say, I'm so glad that you don't say fucked hard" at the beginning of these promos.
3: Yeah, well, I'm not going to anymore. I know, no, no, but yeah. it, it's just
1: refreshing that because yeah. I would listen to the old ones. <laughs>
3: Um, now, you've been you've been in Ottawa for how long?
4: 30 years, starting next year.
3: Okay. And when you first got here, were you running the comedy club yes. at that point? Like, you came here to run it?
4: Yes. We, we opened this club in March of 84. It was the first successful Yuck Yucks. I use the word successful. Right. Outside of Toronto.
3: And at that time, how many clubs were there?
4: None. So, it was just, just, Tor- Toronto, just Toronto and then Ottawa
3: opened. Now, ba- at that time... Who were some of the kind of comics that are still doing it today? There was from Ottawa. Was that the Norm Macdonald kind of era at that time back then? I guess not.
4: No, Norm Macdonald came in in 85. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Hots in 84 when we opened as well.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. I just, so Jeremy actually predated Norm.
4: Jeremy was the first guy to step on stage besides Mark Breslin on opening night uh, in Mar- on March 15th, 1984. Wow. Yep.
3: Man, I didn't know that. That's uh, that's considerably longer than I thought.
4: Yep what what was what was an
1: early Jeremy Hans like I mean because he only i mean this whole thing with the the uh, everything's shit that's almost like a new sort of i don't and when I say new I mean like he's been doing it for ten years but um that's sort of like uh, oh I, uh, what was a young a younger Jeremy Hunt's like
4: he experimented with characters right uh, many characters
3: was he as neurotic as like were oh, they yeah. neurotic always neurotic characters always neurotic, yeah okay
4: yeah. but he had some physical comedy he did this Russian weightlifter bit. He had all these different characters. He used to, uh, on Halloween and New Year's Eve, he used to come out of the ceiling with a Jason mask with an axe and carry a waitress around, and it was pretty awesome. Jeremy took chances. Right. And um, he was never, never satisfied. And finally, I think this had to be close to character number 10, the one he's doing now. Right. Right. But it, it stuck, and it works, and
1: what do you, what do you say? You were talking about uh, how one of the things that you've learned since you've uh, gotten older and now you're married, and it's like the whole compromise, and you know, and but also staying true to who you are. How do you how do you tell other sort of comics to when they want to be able to appeal to not necessarily everyone, but when they want to find a bigger audience for themselves?
4: Yeah, but for you, Dave. Yes, I think it's really important because you. You're a material-based comic, right? And um, you have very strong convictions about who you are on stage, and you're not always going to appeal to everyone. No, but I, I mean, do you respect a comic more if they don't? Absolutely, but yeah. you're not going to make as much money if you're not bomb-proof. Right, right, right. And you're not bomb-proof. Right. I mean, but like, there's like guys like, uh,
1: like someone like Eric Tunney, I always remember, you know, him not. Killing all the time and not and you know and he and he, he would bomb but he was always well respected by other comics right. and owners but uh, but yeah he would have terrible shows right um, but then there's the guys like uh, you know someone like a uh, Brent Butt who I don't think I've ever seen him have a bad show
4: no um, but and
3: Brent, at, Brent did your club in the in those 80s right uh,
4: you know what he was doing the TV show he may have done it once in right the late 80s okay but what you're talking about. Um, From an artistic standpoint, I do respect the people who are true to their beliefs, even though it's not going to get them as much work as they want, i.e. Darren and working Christmas and all that sort of thing. Right. But... You know, you got to decide what's important to you at the end of the day.
3: Yeah, one of one of the things about Ottawa is it's like it's a pretty uh, big comedy scene compared to most cities of its size in Canada. I would almost compare it to almost like in America, like a Chicago scene or the Florida scene, which is you know big enough for people to make a living, but not so big that they can't take chances and they're always worried about whether it's Mark being around, Mark Breslin, the CEO of Yuck Yucks or whatever, so they can take those risks and chances. Um, When you think of the comedy from say like 80 to like say 90. And you can think of, like, three moments that you're just like, I probably would never see that in a Toronto. Does anything really come to mind? Would it be like Jeremy doing all his characters or Norm doing something or even Mike McDonald there for a weekend?
4: Well, definitely the creativity level and originality was heads and shoulders above what it is now. Right. On any given night in those days, you could see something special and go, wow, I'm so glad I'm doing this. This is this. Like, you mean
3: you. Like, I'm yeah, so glad me. I'm here at the yeah, club yeah. seeing this, right.
4: This is what I, I, I want to do this for. This is why I'm doing this. Right. Now, I hate to admit it, but yeah. it's rare. It's right. It's rare when I'll walk away from the comedy club going, wow, that's something I've never seen before. That is an original, fantastic act with new ideas. Right. But you know what? The bulk of the audiences have not seen what I've seen, and that's fine. I sure. don't expect them to have that. Right. Uh, There's a general dumbing down of the entertainment industry in general anyway. Right,
3: not just stand-up, yeah. No,
4: not just stand-up. And it's a lot easier to have people say, yeah, you know what, that was fun, let's do it again. But ask them to remember the name of who they saw five minutes after they left. Forget
3: it. Well, one of the things that definitely Ottawa was known for for many years is that you would bring in some Americans. I mean, Mark isn't the greatest fan of bringing up American comics because he really feels the idea that, you know, he wants to push Canadians. Of course, that helps me and Dave. But there's also this sense of if it's a great American act, I've never complained if they took work away from me from a weekend. Like guys like Tom Simmons recently, and you've got Lee Camp coming in in a couple weeks. And Ottawa's always had a very good kind of – I don't want to say elitist, but level of comedy that kind of adheres to that smart political comedy. Um, Was it always that way, or was that something that maybe the crowd's kind of groomed towards, and now you can take advantage of it?
4: I think we have an obligation to teach them what to like. Right. And I think we've always tried to do that here. It's become more and more over the years less of a big deal to the average comedy-buying public. But you know what? I'm not going to stop doing it. Right. Right. Lee Camp is coming in three weeks, and he may be one of the most cutting-edge, interesting comics out of New York, and the average person's not going to know who they are.
3: Right. Uh, but you they, even said the last time I was here, you said that, but they left loving the they show. They left loving the The show. average comedy fan may not have said to themselves, I'm probably going to like this guy if they watched a, a clip on YouTube. But you said to me that they all love the show they and kind of converted those crowds. Yes. But I think that's the difference between whether you're cutting edge, edgy, clean or not. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to convert the non-fan of your genre. If you can do that, then you have that whether it's star quality or whatever it is, you have the ability to make some kind of living regardless of what you do. True. Now, in terms of you you also took a, a very, especially in the late 90s or mid-90s to late 90s, you took a lot of um, young comics and groomed a lot of young comics, a lot of, you know, headlining comics in Canada now started in, in uh, Ottawa And there is that sense of being a small or a big fish in a small pond and then leaving and going to Toronto or Vancouver or whatever Mm -hmm. and always being able to come back and play the club. But you did have a certain level of quality comics during that genre to kind of make that jump. Do you feel that that was a kind of sweet spot for you or do you think it's just maybe that's my memory working that way?
4: No, I think in general this has always been, well, last time I was interviewed, the interviewer called it the Liverpool of comedy. Right. It's somehow, it's it's a white-collar burg, which has grown into a city of about a million people, but it's a pretty well-educated city with two major universities and a good college, and basically it's a, a fairly high-income city. So they're pretty smart, and you would think that the comedy-goers would be pretty smart, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, guys like Norm MacDonald, maybe if he started in Hamilton, maybe it wouldn't have been this way. I don't right. know. Right, right. But... Um, I mean, the very first time he stepped on stage in 1985, I mean, I've never been. Uh, my jaw dropped to the floor to see that this guy has never been on stage before. You don't use genius very often, but he was genius. He, uh, you know, he's he's one of many. There there were quite a few. Uh, Chris Finn, who writes for uh, the, oh the yeah, oh, I can't be- I can't believe I forgot about Chris. Yeah, he, for he's sure, an unbelievably funny guy who yep. was with us in the the late 80s. Um, you know, John Dor started with us. Yep. Um,
3: I was going to bring up John Doerr, but I just wanted to stay with that. The thing about Chris Finn is even a lot of comics today who I respect talk about how much of a great MC he was. And uh, he would set up a show beautifully, even though he was probably funnier than most guys on the show. But he took his job very seriously and the art form of stand-up. And is almost forgotten because he doesn't really hang out that much. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's up to guys from that generation to keep bringing up his name or, or yourself in interviews. But he, I always forget that he started in Ottawa too. Yeah.
4: Uh, and I said, this hour, it's wrong. It's Rick Mercer. Yeah, Rick Mercer, yeah. Or, yeah. Rick Mercer for. Report. Uh, but him and Erwin Barker, who, uh, is, unfortunately, we've lost him. But people like him and Tim Steves and people who write for that show, those, that's where these people are going because they really don't get what they used to get out of the clubs because the average audience doesn't appreciate the highbrow, sort of highbrow humor that they, they do. Right. And um, why, why, why do
1: you think that is? Like, I mean, we were talking earlier about chances and then, do you just think that the
4: young comics don't see the reward in taking chances, or or, or what is that? Well, they, they just want to do well. And, yeah. And to do well, that means they have to sometimes drop their standards, drop their beliefs a little bit. And play safe. To get laughs. Right. Yeah.
3: Plus, you've got also remember, maybe not you included, but there's a lot of clubs... Uh, Not just in our country, but in other countries that are just rewarding whether you do well or not. They don't care uh, what you do on stage. It is all based on return, you know, people coming to the show or compliments after the show, you know, kind of by any means necessary, you know, that kind of thing. So I, I... it saddens me that young comics do that, but I also understand it to a certain extent. Like They want to get to that path the quickest. They don't want to do the work. I mean, that's, that's nothing new. I mean, in the 50s, uh, you know, parents said to their kids, come on, you know, you got to do it like the way we did it. There's always going to be that sense. Yep.
4: But you're not going to see too many Lenny Bruces out there anymore. Nobody, nobody's getting into it to be on a soapbox anymore. They're doing it as a vehicle to get to something better or something else. It's not like there's young comics going, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. You you ask them to tell you the truth, they'll say, well, it could lead to a writing job or it could lead to uh, acting of some sort. The, the.
3: I I don't know about that. I think if I think I think you're right that some. But if the economics were a little better, and I mean that's not always the club's fault. That's just the way it is. If the economics were a little better, I think you might find more people not taking that shitty writing job on a tween show or whatever and sticking with comedy. I think the economics forces you to have to go and do that. And then when you don't eat hot dogs every day, you start going, "Hey, if I just keep writing this stuff, I don't have to eat hot dogs every day." Ian Sirota. Yeah, exactly. But you know that's that's the one true thing yes, about it.
4: That's true. But you know what? How many comics are Russell Petering around? You know, I mean, it's not there Is that a that, verb
3: now, Russell Petering? Yeah. It's a verb now. now
4: yeah, okay. Yeah. How many of those guys are doing stand-up and making a million dollars? Not many. No, right? no. And the George Carlin era is kind of gone. Guys who do what George did, right? They're not making it big. Those are observational comics who are everyday guys. They, you know, except for the blue-collar circuit. Are not really um, getting the kind of recognition that they used to.
1: Is that, is that just because comedy is so much more accessible now, with like the, you know, I mean, you know, like there's the like the internet and the you know 500 channels and you know you know TV on demand. Is it is it because there's uh, think so. so much more out there? Or? I think
4: so. And I think people don't think they have to come to the comedy club to get the real deal. Right. I think that they believe that they're getting the full experience by watching a couple of minutes on YouTube and that's their comedy fix. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I definitely think that the, the value of going out and experiencing something live uh, has gone down a lot, and it's not like people will still go and see bands live playing playing their you know music and stuff. But uh, uh, comedy, it does seem like people think that oh, I can just
4: sit at home. But they're and not going to buy their CDs anymore because they don't have to. Right, that's
1: another thing too. Yeah.
3: Now, what do you? We asked Mark uh, this, uh, Mark President, when we had him in the studio a few weeks ago. And uh, because you've groomed a lot of young comics and you've been around a long time booking shows, um, what do you think are some of the mistakes that young comics make? And there's always going to be, you know, two or three that they they make all the time that you're probably finding yourself every two, three sitting down with someone and saying, okay, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing this if they ask for that opinion. But I'm just, do you think of anything that comes to mind? Two or three things.
4: Well, they either steal or they borrow. Right which is the worst thing. Yeah. And I call them on it whenever I see it, and I try to do it in the nicest possible way. Call it parallel thought. I don't accuse them of stealing. Right. But it's really hard to be original, as we said earlier Mm -hmm. in the interview. And how many jokes have not been done or how many concepts have not been done or reworked. So I'll go to them and I'll say, you know, so-and-so has been a professional comic for 20 years, and he's doing a play on what you just did. And I'm not going to tell you... You've been on stage four times. I'm not going to say drop it now because you're just getting your stage legs. Sure. And nobody other than me and a couple of local pros are going to know what you're doing.
3: Until I find out about it.
4: <laughs> yes. But you're going to have to drop that soon. Right. And don't come on and disguise yourself with, with, with characters at the beginning. And don't, and don't use music as a background. It's just hiding your, your way of, of growing. You're, you're, you're hiding behind a crutch.
1: But, I mean, if, if you – do you ever have the opinion that you're stifling someone's creativity or their natural path by telling them – or, I mean, the, the uh, stealing and the theft I thing, I you. I, I, I hear did. you.
4: I'm careful also to say we don't, we don't censor, but we're going to let you know if you're stealing, huge parentheses, borrowing. Right. Um, you're going to need to know that it's not okay to be – like someone else, you got right. to be yourself, and you got to write your own stuff. Well, I just like uh, someone who takes the Humber program that I have, I have issues with. Anyways, uh, the idea
1: of teaching comedy, I, I understand someone teaching the business of comedy and how to make a living from it. But someone told me they were like Larry Horowitz teaches it, uh, and uh, they were just saying that like Larry really tries to gear people towards being a corporate comedian. Like yeah. he's kind of. He, I'm not saying that you have to tell people to work clean, but I just I believe you that you should allow someone the the self discovery and finding out sure, that oh I'm 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 just a naturally clean comic. I mean, like a guy like Jerry D, it's like I don't I mean, he never really went through like a you know, a fuck shit piss cunt sort of phase where he would like swearing all the time. I think he's just a naturally clean guy yeah.
4: that uh you know, so, so that that's just him. You tell people to play to their strengths and don't try to be someone you're not. Right. So, for example, you're not going to tell Howie Mandel to write, uh, you know, a clever piece when he's a physical comedian who's all about personality, nor are you going to tell Stephen Wright to be more animated. Yeah. You just don't do that. So, yes, Larry Horowitz teaches what he was successful doing, but look who's come out of there, Nikki Payne and Jason Rouse, and they're nothing like that. Well, yeah, yeah.
3: But they were also very. Much, they were both headlining before they went into Humber. So I mean, there is a difference there. But my, my whole thing is, there is this rush for young comics to be edgy, and it's almost hypocritical because that's both me and Dave, and you know the the material that we both do. But there is that sense of you see young comics try to edge it up to try to be crazier and and you know the cool about it. But what they don't realize is, like you said, you know they're cutting off part of their career and maybe have to be forced to make eleven thousand dollars a year. Uh, by doing that kind of comedy, whereas what Larry's doing, I may not agree with it, um, with what he does in terms of his his comedy, his jokes, but you know, he is making a substantial living from it, and there's for every one of him there has to be me, but there is this sense of young comics. There's not that many young, clean comics. Not many. In the 30 years that you've been doing it, what is your greatest, greatest accomplishment, do you think? Is there, is there one that you have to sit back and think and go you know this is it doesn't have to be the biggest but that's a you know a great accomplishment for you
4: well i'm uh, i think i'm most proud of the uh, new talent program that we have i think we produced probably more great acts uh, than almost any other s- medium-sized city in all of north america that have gone on to greatness and that's the thing i think i'm most proud of
3: okay and when uh, cuz norm macdonald came and did your club right he did what was it a year ago that he came by
4: he, he dropped out but he no, He played the he played the theater.
3: Okay, but didn't he do some sets as well, like at your club? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was that like? Because, I mean, there was many years there where he wasn't in, in Ottawa doing shows, and now he's kind of back in the game. And is it, is it a, the sense of that he's really enjoying it these days? And you can see that because not, not many people have saw him at the very beginning like you did and now have seen him now. You know what I mean? What was that like?
4: Well, he's um, he's a lot, I'd say, more confident and sort of, non-experimental, but he's still very solid. He doesn't ad-lib as much as he used to. Right. He doesn't have to. Um, but, you know, he's still a brilliant, brilliant guy and naturally funny, and uh, I don't know anybody who doesn't like his act. Right. Um, well, Tom Green plays our club. Uh, it's been a couple of years, but there's a guy who had a improv sketch um, uh, rap group background, yep. but has edged his way back in over the years into stand-up. He's got, he just did a Showtime special, and uh, he's he was sort of briefly with us in the 80s. Yep. And, um, you know, that's somebody else we're very proud of, and John Doerr is somebody who we groomed up, and um, uh, he's still experimental and takes chances, and he's got a, a very niche market um, that he appeals to. Mm-hmm. There's people who hate him but that's okay and that's well you that's, can't you can't win everything that's right mike was an asshole way back then you <laughs> know he knows it he'll tell you yeah yeah
1: do you think, I mean. I,
3: oh, I think part of, the, part of the charm of Mike in the last year and, and part of the reason why um, some of these fundraisers have been successful is at least he's kind of owning his past. Yeah. There's nothing worse than a guy uh, like the guys we've had on our show who don't own the past and are not honest about their past. Um, you know, you can be a, a motherfucker for 20 years, and at least for a couple of years, if you admit being a motherfucker, some people may let some of that anger go and go, yeah. you know, hey, we've all had that you know, ability to be that guy. But if you don't own it, that there's a real problem there, and I think that's one of the things that Mike is trying to do and yeah. is a smart thing for him. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, because we all have our dysfunctionalities, whether you're a booker or a comic or we're all in this crazy game. And one day, the comic could be just playing to ten people, and the next day, the internet can help it, and you can be playing to fucking 25,000, you know? Yep. And you never know. Yep. And that's part of the beauty of comedy. You know, any given Sunday, the middle can blow the headliner off the stage in or the MC days, can.
4: In this time. Yes. Not – when we started, doing no, this. You, you know there would be no, um, what's his name, Dane Cook. There'd be no Dane Cook, right, in in the '80s. Right, it's not possible. Mm-hmm. He would not have been allowed to do what he did, right. I mean, there are guys like Steve Martin who was, you know, uh, who from just from album
1: sales was were playing like stadiums and stuff like that. But that's you know a phenomenon that's that won't
4: happen again either. Yeah, but everybody loves Steve Martin,
1: right? Well, that's, but the, but you don't. How many? Though there's not a lot of com- comedians that you know from album sales in the '70s too. What's an album? <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing too. That's a, but we're so used to like three minute clips, and sometimes you know you, you get it's it's rare to find comics that are really great at, at doing these long bits that have like like almost story arcs to them.
3: Well, you now here's something I wanted to ask you. This is um, I've always argued with comics. I don't think any comic should do more than 45 minutes. But you know, comics try to push themselves to do an hour. I used to be that guy. I would do an hour and 10 minutes. Blah blah blah. I talk too much. And now I'm like, how much time do you want? You want 40 minutes? I'm off at 39. Yep. Um, but can you think of any comic, and it doesn't have to be, have to be Canadian, that can pull off the hour? Because I can only name a few comics that I've personally seen that can pull off the hour
4: successfully. When you say pull it off, do you mean in the club or anywhere?
3: Uh, anywhere. It can be the club. It can be in a, in, a, in a club. But I find an hour is a long time to hold the um, attention The whole way through. Not with major dips and, like, you know, uh, problem spots or whatever. For me, it's like I saw Brent Butt do it. I saw Craig Campbell do it. And then I'm getting very close. I saw Wilmot do it. I've seen Edwards do it. Yep. And that's where it kind of stops for me. Derek
4: Edwards, for sure, I could listen to for an hour. Right. There's not many. No. And, you know, I said Stephen Wright's name earlier. Half an hour.
3: Well, yeah, of course. Or Emo. Maybe 20 minutes. Emo is a perfect 20-minute comic.
4: Yeah, yeah. It's not a a matter of how good you are. It's just who can command the stage for that long without people getting exhausted?
3: Well, there has to be. You know, I mean, there's a reason it's a one-man show, and there's a reason it's stand-up comedy. Yeah. In a one-man show, you can have arcs. I mean, you still can have arcs and, and highs and lows in stand-up, but not in the same way like a one-man show can. Yeah. You know, the drama and, oh, my God, what's going to happen next? People have certain expectations of yeah. stand-up. And I do think that one of the major problems, and I don't play a lot of American clubs, but one of the problems is the shows have become almost a little too long yeah. in Canada in terms of, you know, the headliner and the, the whole show is almost two hours. It should be 90 minutes. Minutes.
4: Yeah, yeah, but you know what? In the old days, I mean, you could probably listen to Jerry Seinfeld for an hour, even though he was doing traditional stand-up comedy because right. he loved it so much, or George Carlin, or right. any of those guys. I could even listen to Mitch Hedberg for an hour. But
1: yeah, Mitch Hedberg's a guy. Yeah, really. but, I
4: mean, yeah, there were there were. I remember there being like dips in the show. But
1: uh, always very, like, a you know, solid hour you could, you could watch Mitch for. Yeah. Um.
3: And Brian Regan. I mean, mm. we went and saw Brian Regan, and there wasn't any lulls. But, I mean, we're talking about only a very few core. I mean, obviously, Louis C.K. pulls it off. We're talking about only very few select comics. Yeah. Because it's, it's not the easiest thing to do, the hour. 45 minutes, you can do a couple tricks and get through it, you know. But the hour, that's 15 minutes, it's like when a middle or feature jumps to Headliner. They think, because I got 30 solid, I just yep. got to talk to the audience a little more, and I can pull off that okay. hour, like Dave thinks all the time.
4: That's right. That's yeah. when they – whenever a new comic I haven't seen before, so I ask them how much time they have. And they'll give me a time that's inflated always. Oh, by double. And, and then I Minimum. Change, I'll change the question to, how much time do you have that you're proud of? Right. Yeah. And then I'll get the honest answer.
3: Yeah, and most most comics don't realize. I mean, Mark said it a few weeks ago it takes years to get 15 good minutes. Yeah. You know, but in this day and age, if you try to pull a little bit of swagger off, and you've got a couple of jokes that are relatable to your crowd, and you know, and you've got a good uh, you know Facebook page, and this and this and yeah. this, these are all elements that weren't around in the 80s when it all was about you're either good or you weren't.
4: Yeah. Absolutely.
3: And can we build a time machine and go back there?
4: Oh, I,
1: you know what I always think. I always think the worst thing for you know if uh, if a comedian were ever to get like a, a time machine, rather than like you know you know rather than like you know grabbing the rifle out of like. Uh, um, Oswald's uh, hands, or uh, you know, doing something that's significant, or you know, uh, that they, uh, a comedian would just—he uh, would go He's to like, kill Hitler, or yeah, or, sure, kill Hitler, why not? Uh, or uh, you know, a, a comedian would like go back to like 1978 and get an apartment in Los Angeles and just, ooh, I'm gonna wait for the boom. Oh, this is all gonna happen now. Yeah. I was just like, really, that's what you're doing with your time machine? Yes. You know, it's uh, you know, it's like that. Uh, What's that share song? If she could turn back time, she would just go and try to save some of her old relationships. Yeah. It was like that. I always thought. Like, well, that's awfully selfish of you, Cher. <laughs> but um, the uh, really, that's that's what you're gonna do. You're gonna take all back all that shit that you did. Uh, Do you think there's room, like, because some comics, I always find young comics are are in a panic to put themselves out, like, really early and, like, the amateurs just throwing their sets out on YouTube. And there doesn't seem to be as much of a stress on letting you and your act develop. Um, And do, do, do you ever try to stress that out to comics, just, like, going out? One of the things that Mark said was, like, go out and see the world uh and you know build up your frame of reference the things that you can talk about um because you can always tell like when a comic's been a comic for too long when all they have are you know jokes about daytime tv and observational things about hotel rooms you know it's like yeah i mean mark said you know go out see the world and uh, I- expand your mind and um like do you encourage that for to comics of course, or just like of course you know try to play as many stages as you can absolutely you know the the because, I mean, of all people, like, uh, like I mean, I think, I think that what Simon Cotter told me once, he was just like, you know, you don't learn from, you know, killing and destroying. You learn more from bombing, and then, you you know, you can
4: build and stuff yep. like that. Yep. But, well, he's a good example of somebody who could do a cruise ship or a club or a corporate. Right. I mean, it's not like he's reinventing the wheel. It's it's very standard fare, but he's bomb-proof, and he will kill anywhere, yeah. anywhere, anytime. And, and he's... A he man's uh, a good dollar. And he, uh, I mean, he... I remember him telling me about
1: like the his very careful use of the word fuck. If he if you yes. know he might only use it once or twice in his that's ad, right. but it's always in a place that's where right. it's that splash of red paint to emphasize. That's that. right. Like
3: talking to Manoas so he can understand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. What? Well, oh, fuck! I mean, you know,
4: I I you know, I think they, when they use his dude properly. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. You gotta. For, for, for those who are listening, uh, Manoas is a Canadian comic who says fuck way too many times. He actually in one sentence used it as a noun, a verb, and an adjective. Mm.
1: He, I mean, do you think in do you think there is there's room for everyone out there as when it comes to comedy? It's just it's sort of like I when I'm saying that like people try to you know <clears throat> try to put themselves out too early and they don't develop fast enough. It's like I you know don't put your amateur sets out on you know YouTube so quickly and like give yourself time to develop.
4: Well, and it's it, all and ego it, and instant gratification, and that's the kind of personality that's attracted to the business, right? Yeah. But yeah, somebody should be around to rein them in, but very few people care.
3: Right. Well, and then if you do care, you're sometimes labeled like you know uh, egomaniac or you're trying to be a bully in stand-up or, or whatever. I mean, of course, I've been labeled that, and sometimes I have been a bully about what I think and believe. but I mean, that's the whole reason I got into stand-up comedies to have my opinions heard and to say my opinions. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to young comics, sometimes they kind of look at the old guys. Oh, you're just worried about us. It's like I've never been worried about a young comic in my entire life. If they kick me off the so-called mountain, good for them, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I remember a comic once pushed me out front of the super club and said, That's going to be us up there, Darren Frost. That's going to be us headlining that club. I'm like, really? Do you know what this is to me? It's 150 bucks. And I get to fuck my wife tonight. That's what this is. Like, If you want you're it. how much
7: a customer? fuck your wife.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gone up a little. But all I'm saying is you, you, they have no idea or concept of what it really is. They yes. have their own, like oh my god, it's millions and and the gratification and everything. Yep. And, and it's not that; it's you got to put the work in and the time in.
4: Yep. And, and there's no guarantees at the end of the day. Do you so. think
3: you,
1: do you think you've become any softer over the years? No. No.
4: I I love his brutal honesty. No, no, not not, not you. Talk about oh, you. Me? Yeah. Softer? Yeah. No. No. Oh, okay. No. I, I, okay. I have a question. I, I've become more forgiving because I've had to. Right. But. I'm jaded as hell. I'm sorry.
1: Do you know, a comic uh, uh, told me once that they were talking to you, and um, when they asked you why you opened up a club across the street from Absolute on the Prescott, your answer was revenge. Uh, is that, is that, Was that no, still I your said, answer? No, I
4: said the Simpsons thing. I said, don't say revenge, don't say revenge. No! <laughs> That's what I said.
1: Oh, are you sure about that? I think because I, I was the comic who asked you that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think your so. first answer
4: was revenge. Well, because it was you asking.
1: Oh, okay. All right. I, then I, I appreciate that too. I, I, if you uh, tailor your answers to who they they go to, then that, that's that's cool by me. But I I, I would just found I found that an
4: interesting answer. No, of course. I mean, he thinks it was revenge. Does and- he? Yeah, he steams. Uh, he gets pretty mad about it.
1: Yeah, I, well, awesome. I, but I mean, I think that's the every, why every comedian opens up uh, their own comedy club is because they've had a, an owner that that they feel didn't give them the respect that they deserved. I mean, that's yeah, I guess. it's sort of like when every com- yeah, a comic opens up the comedy club and then,
4: uh, oh, who's headlining this weekend? Oh, it's the owner again. You know, it's yes. it's one of those things. Hey, listen, you know, uh, it's it is what it is. Um, we're a comedy club, a purist comedy club, right. Our competitor is a bar that sells comedy on the side. Yeah, that's the difference. Right, and you know, it, it, there's a place for both. Would you uh, w- w- like? Uh, would well, you well, have a hyp? Would
1: you have a hypnotist on your show on your stage?
4: Uh, we did it once, twice in 30 years. Yeah. Twice. Mike Mandel, who's one of the best in the business. Oh, yeah, that's oh. different.
3: I, Mike Mandel's almost in his own category. And well, then you-
4: one weekend we had a guy who was local, Fraser, the hypnotist who said he really, really, really wants to give it a shot, and he did, and it was um, so-so. Yeah. And we haven't haven't done it again.
3: I never – there's comics that have a problem with that. Uh, My whole uh, attitude about the hypnotism thing is if there's a crowd that wants that – and they're probably not the same crowd that will come to a stand-up comedy show. I think it's smart business that a comedy club would have a hypnotist night to fill one of the nights that they're either dark or it's not very busy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a problem when comedy clubs replace shows mm-hmm. with a hypnotist show, and so therefore the week is less. Because then what you're doing is you're just saying, I don't want to f- work on an extra show. I'm just taking one away. To me, that's a bit of a difference. I mean, you can do whatever you want with the club. No. You a club. You own a club. As long as it's
4: funny. I guess it's comedy, Right. But right. it's not stand-up. Yeah. Right, you know, you know, like you David know. Mary, is that? That's funny. He's funny, right? But he's not. Funny. Is he funny? Yeah, he is funny. Really? Yeah. Of course he is. I'm just fucking with him. <laughs> but you. But you know what I'd like to see? You know what I think you should do? I think you should have a, a new talent
1: night just for hypnotists. You know, they go they go up for about seven or eight minutes. People walk they, out dizzy.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh my God, what? I, you know, eight people cluck like a chicken for yeah, three weeks? Right.
1: Yeah, and then the, yeah, they're all, they're all ordering just bowls of seed upstairs at the, uh, at, the uh-huh. at the bar. Okay.
3: All right, well, we're out of time, but uh, thanks, Howard, for coming by. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah.